0: Azuka, yeah. Long ago
1: in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began, and Kenner continues the excitement The Empire Strikes Back. Let's... El regreso del Jedi. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the
2: Star Wars Collectors Archive Podcast. It's the KiveCast. for at Star Space Station with a snap open space hack. Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird place! A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne,
3: FUD, Chewbacca, Jamarca. and Stephen B. Damn. Big Wing Fighters and be Wing Pilot Action! be Wing pilot, pilot, pilot Action! Market data mined
2: by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well! And fantastic Pete. One well, of has a see-through helmet. Well, okay. Tech support. Sky and Steve have a traditional figure episode featuring Jason Thomas to talk about Zuckus. Plus, Sky takes you on an audio journey to Ron Salvatore's collection, known as Ronderlay, where he documents the most recent meeting of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. There, he speaks with over 13 different collectors who share amusing collecting stories as well as their favorite items from Ronderlay. Stay tuned all the way through the feedback, which is surprisingly interesting this month on the 72nd Kyvecast Vintage. Pod. Wampa! Welcome to Codcast number seventy-two. Man, you just coughed right as I said "Wampa Wampa," and I'm gonna have to like <laughs> you out. We are still so professional. Oh yeah, we're starting a new season, Steve. <laughs> it's a is it a one episode season? <laughs> it is, yeah, because they were the forty-seven backs, and now there's just the forty-eight back, which is Zuckus. Yeah. And I have to admit, Steve, I have had the title for this episode in mind since we started the figure of the month back in 2011.
4: Okay, well, that's, that's a good sign. Do you know what this episode is called?
2: <laughs> I, I, I don't, but I'm, I'm very eager. It's called If You Want Beef, Then Bring the Zuckus. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you know the Wu Tang Clan, that joke oh,
3: well, is. Let's take the and if you want beef, then bring the Wu Tang Clan. If
2: you don't, it just sounds kind of weird, but uh, that's that's what I'm hoping, hoping to name it.
4: Well, there's there's a lot of hip hop influence in your in your uh, your drops, so I think it fits yeah. in just right.
2: You know, because when people see me, they think hip hop. That's the first thing they think. Yes, but yeah, it's an exciting episode. There's actually going to be relatively little Sky and Steve, I think,
4: which is all right though, because I mean, you you had a pretty epic. Weekend,
2: Yeah, recently. so so I went and I visited Ronderlay, which is the, <laughs> the official name of Ron Salvatore's collection.
0: Last night, I dreamt I went to Mendeley again.
2: Now listen, space freaks. You're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, great. Once again, Sky and Steve just decide to just turn it into the Ron cast because, <laughs> well, first of all, most of the time people come up to me they're like, I like listening to your show to hear Ron. <laughs> I mean, and other stuff. Yeah. But this is the thing, Steve. We're not just going to hear from Ron. We're going to listen and hear from over 13 different collectors. Awesome. Because um, I was there uh, at the most recent meeting of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. Right. Um, by the way, speaking of if you want beef, uh, East Coast, we, we are just completely <laughs> demolishing. I'm just saying that we are demolishing your crew. Um, <laughs> it was actually funny. I was talking <laughs> I was talking to Tom Quinn and uh, – <laughs> and he said you know because they're doing a really good job over there yeah yeah um and it's you know it's it, they're just doing a great job and he said you know you know sky it's actually partly because of something you said on the show i was like oh yeah thinking i said something really encouraging he goes no steve asked you how the club was going and you said it needs something <laughs> Oh man, I don't even remember saying that, but apparently uh, I did. And apparently that that was the the great Santini moment. You
4: know, it might have just been one of those those kind of down down months, right? A while yeah. back. I think that that's got to be it cuz that, yeah. that's absolutely not the
2: case. It could have been de- de- depressed sky. Although I'm not depressed, for those of you who've been following along, I am officially an as- associate professor, which means I have tenure, so that's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, so the thing most people don't know about tenure is it's not just that that means that it's almost impossible to fire you. If you don't get tenure, you're basically fired immediately. So yeah. it's kind of an all or nothing proposal. Right,
4: right. No, that's, that's great to hear.
2: And the other big news, Steve, I've actually contemplated changing the beginning um, to just Sky Payne FUD to uh, the Dr. Reverend Sky Payne. <laughs> <laughs> Because I am now officially a reverend, Steve. Really? Yeah, all you have to do is you have to just go on the internet and click like, I am a reverend, and like, you're a reverend. <laughs> so, it's a nice little simple web form. Yep, so I've been waiting to do that, Steve, <laughs> to tell you, because um, as everybody knows, I am going to be officiating Steve's wedding this summer. <laughs> yeah, um, that's going to be a good time. <laughs> I may or may not... Hide my iPhone in my pocket to record it.
4: I've had a couple people uh, ask about a live stream, and I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant about that. <laughs>
2: well, it's either that, Steve, or we have to deal with the space freak pap- paparazzi. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a lot of people out there. So yeah, so there's gonna be lots of. Con- it's gonna be fun for me trying to figure out how to weave in all the content from, uh, from, from the New York Club meeting. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 going to be good. But what's our figure of the month, Steve? So our figure of the month is like
4: – when I was thinking about this, it kind of defines what our show is about. It's another kind of off the side, completely confused character. <laughs> There's just a complete existential crisis about what he is, what's his name. But it's it's Zuckus in terms of us vintage people,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. We're just going to call him Zuckus. I, I, okay. I, I actually – I'm going to address this in poetry form later. Um, <laughs> I figured you would. But but yes, yes, so we're talking about Zuckus, um, which I think is the easiest if you ever confused which one we're talking about. We mean the gray one. Yes. Not the tan one. Right. Um, so yeah, I have I have no feeling one way or the other about Zuckus. Oh, <laughs> uh, well,
4: that's understandable, I guess. I mean – I don't think it's... I've
2: ever felt positively about Zuckus or Forlorn. I think both of them I've just always felt just –
4: not not like disdain or anything, right? Just kind of indifference?
2: Yeah, just kind of indifference. They're just okay. like... They're the lame <laughs> bounty hunters, you know? They're the ones when people do like bounty hunter patch sets or when they do like one of each, they're like the one you sort of don't want to get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you disagree, but... Uh, I
4: don't know. I, I mean, I guess going back to like when I was putting together a, a loose set, I didn't really think much of them either. I kind of was confused... By them, I thought maybe they are like weird brothers or something. They're obviously very similar. Um, But yeah, I mean.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is that one of them is a bug-like robot and the other is a robot-like bug. Exactly. So I think they were just one character. (laughs) And again, this is spoiling my poem later. But I'm pretty sure they were just one character and they just kind of broke them into two. Yeah. Because they really basically seem like this; they have the same role, which is they do nothing. <laughs> they have basically the same facial structure. Um, yep. They're both kind of scary. You
4: know? Yeah. So, yes. And also, I don't know yeah. if you thought this, but they, they kind of didn't seem as Star Warsy as some of the other characters. I, I think that's something I always thought as a kid, too. Like, I, I guess they kind of, you know, it has the droid like see through your body, but it's like crazy bug head that just didn't seem Star Warsy to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you sent in the show notes, the Wikipedia <laughs> description. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. It was confusion. They it, figured it out. It was 1989. What's What's weird is that. Is that it was corrected? That's what yeah. I don't get. Right. Uh, have you looked at yeah. the script, Steve? Do they mention them by name at all?
4: Yeah. So that that is it's a very brief. Flip the script, but it does kind of deal with the names in a, in a funny way.
2: Okay, well then I'll put the drop in here. It's getting really, really hot here. <laughs> flip the script. Flip the script. Okay, so what does it say?
4: All right, so um, in uh, in Kasdan's handwritten revised draft, he's kind of describing his bounty hunter lineup. I think we might have even brought this up uh, back when we talked Dangar and his uh, battle scarred mangy humanness. Um, right. But, But in the the sentence, it's basically just going name by name. And uh, I don't know if we brought this up last time, but it says Tuckus and Dengar. So Tuckus with a T. Two battle-scarred mangy human types. And then (laughs) next is Forlom, a bounty hunter. (laughs) That's that's it. So, I mean, there's no... You can kind of see where this initial confusion is coming from because, for one... Tuckus or Zuckus is described as a, a human type, which is also how he's described on the Power of the Force coin, which is strange.
2: Right. So continuing the existential crisis of Zuckus, <laughs> who doesn't know who he is or what he is, or frankly, I don't. I argue that it's not a he or a she. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, yeah. On the on the Power of the Force coin, um, you mentioned. Actually, I looked it up, and someone else pointed out uh, way back in two thousand and nine. Okay. Um, it was some old Rebel Scum thread. Yeah. Um, they they mentioned that it seems as though they're actually describing Dengar.
4: <laughs> because yeah. it
2: says, A battle-scarred human bounty hunter summoned by Darth Vader in his pursuit of the Falcon right. and his crew. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... That's,
4: <laughs> that's Dengar. So that's
2: completely Dengar. But then yeah. they never made a Dengar coin. Now, right. once again, whenever Steve and I talk about coins, it means we're probably wrong. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I I actually looked it up and... In that thread um, the the toy sea hunter um, uh, Jordan mentions that they were definitely planning on making a dengar coin. Huh. there have been plenty of drawings of dengar coins okay um, i 've not been able to confirm or deny that no it
4: doesn 't ring a bell for me either, but so if you
2: know the, if you know the answer to that, you can uh, <laughs> send us an email kivecast at gmail dot com um, so yeah it's just it 's hilarious the idea that they Whatever Zuckus is, they don't care. And they know you don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those guys next to Boba Fett, the Sky Koo. I guess we could do the Sky Koo then.
4: Yeah, yeah. You've been you've been teasing it pretty pretty well here, so
2: Robot Insect Eyes, three PO torso in black. My name is Zuckus. <laughs> that was also partially a tribute. We don't like to do too many too many current issues, but that is a tribute to one of my 10 favorite Prince songs My name is Prince <laughs>
3: Nice Which
2: we only mention Because Brock is a fan Of the show And uh He probably cares more About Prince Than he does about Star Wars You know there's <laughs> lots of There's lots of Star Wars fanatics Who actually care more About a musician Than they do about Star Wars You know Yeah Right Like like uh, Dean My old friend Was more into Metallica Than he right. was into Star Wars Right Right And uh Yeah I mean you're more into Beyonce I know it's just been crazy <laughs> This last week I, It's been It's been rough <laughs> No one asked for it, and here it comes. It is my Zuckus poetry slam. (laughs) Now, the general conceit of this poetry slam is not a typical one of someone trying to say that he exists. It's actually a love slam. It's a love Uh, letter between Forlom and Zuckus. All right, all right. In my perspective, they are deeply in love with each other and for them it doesn't matter whose name is what they exchange mm-hmm. it they're like Simone de Beauvoir and Jean-Paul Sartre they are complete equals just interchangeable <laughs> and, and a love between equals means you don't have possessions like names so this is a poem about Zuckus and Forlom because they are one hey space freaks future sky here uh, i'm editing the show together and i think the slam actually disrupts the rhythm So uh, I'm going to stick it on at the end, after baseball, but before the final Wampa Wampa. So if you want to hear what that sounds like, you can skip ahead. But in the event, you're one of those strange people who likes this show, but uh, doesn't like all this skyness. We'll get back to the show for now. So uh, let's see. I guess that's pretty much it for our our usual uh, opening. Right. Um, We don't have much news that is actually news that i recorded in empire state star wars collectors club meeting all
3: right yeah let's hear it all right news from the stars. watch out it's kenner's news it's kenner's news it's kenner's news, news Kenner. here's the news it's kenner's news the Kenner. here's the news here's the news it's kenner's news from
2: so what we're going to hear, Steve, is uh, all about a new find from Joe Iglesias. Okay. Now, most likely, if you're listening to the show, you've been on Facebook and you've heard him describe it. So this will be a way of seeing, let me set it up for you the way I discovered about this. I was sitting in there and it was a typical meeting, you know. So people are standing around eating some food. Ron's sister made cookies that look like Star Wars characters. It was great. <laughs> um, you know, there's lots of food, beer, Papa Jalops and, and cognac. And by the way, I'm not going to sing a new song about jalapeno poppers. <laughs> so I, I used up all of my goodwill with the poetry slam. So don't worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> but there is one coming in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, and then all of a sudden, people start bringing stuff in to sell. And there's like all this cool stuff. I mean, there's like this weird Star Tours stuff that I'd never seen before. Nice. Um, Jared and Shauna brought this really cool Ewoks um, <clears throat> like coupon for Ice Capades. Huh. And it was really cool because it was for the Worcester Centrum and it was sponsored by WSBK TV 38. And if you're from Boston, both those things have huge meaning. So that was really cool. Um, I actually bought that for my ex-wife because she she went to that show and she used to be a skater. So that was cool. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. The spirit of love. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, Joe Iglesias starts bringing in comic box after comic box. Like four of them filled with these absolutely mint figures. And here oh, he boy. is to tell about them. All right, so uh, I'm, I'm here at, at Ron's, and I'm at the point here where Joe Glacius is just taking a whole bunch of stuff out of these uh, comic book boxes. Joe, can you describe what these things are you're taking out? Well, this is a set of uh, Empire Strikes
5: Back carded figures that I bought from the main buyer, well, the former main buyer of Child World. He had these sitting in his basement in the Kenner case for the last 35 years, and I purchased them about two weeks ago. And they're all 41, all 41-backs? For um, no, they range anywhere from the one Star Wars 20-back in there, a bunch of Empire 21-backs, some 31-backs, some 32-backs, and a few different 41s. Uh, and it, it seems like they are, comp- why do they seem so case-fresh? Because they are literally case-fresh. They've been sitting in this case right in front of me for the past 35 years until this morning when I put them into Star Cases to bring them here. Wow, so they're actually uncirculated.
2: They were... Wow, so Joe, so you're making U-graded figures, so you're saying you support U-grade in AFA? (laughs) Not in this lifetime. Yes, I do. My name's Joe. Okay. (laughs) Okay, the
5: gentleman that was the main buyer for uh, Child World, Dave, didn't like the line art catalogs that Kenner was sending him, so he requested cases of figures every time a new assortment came out. This is one of the cases that didn't make it to the photographers. It made it to his basement and stayed there for 35 years.
2: It's everything up to the end of the 41 back run. So then normally, if you were a distributor, you would get a catalog like Ron has upstairs that would have line art drawings of all the figures. And he was like, no, I want I want these. that Trial well, World being the you know, main
5: proprietor of uh, toys in the East Coast at that point in time, they had a little bit of pull. And he, Dave said that in one of his meetings with Bernie Loomis and the other folks at Kenner, he pretty much demanded that he get case of figures for photography purposes. Wow.
3: Awesome. In- in-house photography purposes. Excuse
2: me. All right, Steve. So there was that story. Awesome. The 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 part that I didn't love was that uh, uh, he wasn't selling any of them. <laughs> <laughs> he was seeing if he could sell them all as, a, as like in one fell swoop. Okay. Um, and now he's doing a sort of CJ esque uh big pick sort of all thing right. called I think the Child World Find or okay. something. Huh. But uh so it was kind of this like oh man, look at all there's gonna be forty one figures being sold. Uh, no. <laughs> no none of them are Sneak gonna be preview. Yep. Um I think other things in news, Steve, is a strange Danish advertisement that you have found, which counts as news in our, our Zane show. I mean, show.
4: it's the timing couldn't have been better, right? So, uh, recently, uh, Joe O'Brien, a uh, you know, friend of the show and friend of us, uh, he had, uh, shown this bizarre clipping from a Danish, uh, newspaper that features Zuckus kind of looking like he's sitting at the beach but he's got a television remote. <laughs> it's like the most bizarre. No idea what this thing is or, or what what it's for, um, but it has Zuckus, and it's clearly based on, or at least influenced by the Kenner figure because this droid has footholds, like an
2: action figure, which is just hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is really weird. Yeah. Right? And then what? what's the other thing well, about Well, this is what's also
4: perfect is uh, the way it was kind of dated to 1984 is on the flip side is some kind of article or interview uh with none other than Rick Springfield um talking about his uh his motion picture debut Hard to Hold which is 1984 <laughs> so it's just like yeah it's like if there was a little piece of just scrap that would represent our show somewhere in the world. You just pick that up and that's it right there. It's got Rick Springfield on one side and then Zuckus on the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: that's, that's pretty sweet. And we still don't know what it's for not, or what it says?
4: Exactly. Yeah. Um exactly. I mean, I, I think the, the text on the back, uh, it's all the Springfield stuff. I don't know if there was any text on the front with the Zuckus. Um, it just has a TV remote, so I think... One uh one theory would be with some kind of um like TV or VCR ad or who knows but I mean I kind of I, I guess I kind of associate like Zuckus working in a a video store or like Circuit City in the eighties and, and <laughs> I don't know it kind of got like a Circuit City ad vibe I don't know I'm already coming back around on Zuckus I uh, see this is the this is what this show does <laughs> yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it was just, like, this perfectly timed little bit of vintage bizarreness that that, uh,
2: tied in. Although, Steve, have you ever noticed that his nose looks kind of like a cat's anus? Um, hmm. No. (laughs) But, uh, now 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 that that I say it. it. (laughs) (laughs) You see it a little bit, right? (laughs) And that is the sound that a cat's anus would make. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, man. All right. <laughs> well, that's that, that's enough for me. Now, this is the deal, Steve. This is what I, I did. So I, I went to this Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club right. meeting. And I know that I wanted to get as many people on as possible. The problem is… One, you are eating massive quantities of jalapeno poppers, yeah. um, which, by the way, I, I bought a case and sent them to Ron <laughs> without telling him. So he just woke up one morning and there was just like 30 bags of jalapeno <laughs> popper cheese curls in his front uh, room. So, so, you know, I, and it's kind of hard to like get away from a party and like record something serious. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember like the, the guys from, uh, from Galaxy of Toys, you know, like... They sort of had to sort of ruin one of their days out in Seattle to just like record. Oh, it. yeah, that's right. So what yeah. I did was, was, was I just sort of took my iPhone, which has amazingly good sound quality, and I did two separate things. Um, I did a tour of a collection, which was Ron's right. collection, and I swear that I made a drop for this at some point, And I had a name for it, but I don't remember what it is, so I'll have to figure that out later. And then I also just asked people for stories, just like, let's hear some kind stories. Kind of
4: like the, uh, the, stitch, the stitch Room. At, uh, at yes.
2: So it's kind of like the Stitch Room, but this was, was individual. Right. So I do have a drop for story time. So, Steve, you and I will introduce each of them. But what do you say we hear some vintage story time? All right.
4: Here's an oldie but goodie. Once upon a time. Long ago. Ticolo
0: Carbon.
2: Ticolo Carbon story time. Run. Oh, gosh. The first story uh, comes to us from Chris Riley, and his name doesn't look like that, but that's his name, and uh, I was really happy because he was excited to tell me the story. He was like, I know you want to hear a story, I have one prepared. So uh, this is a story about um, a very sketchy pawn sh- sh- shop <laughs> right down the street from where Ron lives, and a certain early bird envelope. All right. All right. So I'm here with Chris Riley to tell an amusing story about uh, a pawn shop with a sketchy dude on opiates. Right down the street, too. Yeah. Okay. So it's right down the street. So tell this story, Chris Riley. I mean, it looks like it's real, but it's actually Riley.
3: <laughs> um, about a year ago to this time, uh, I was, my wife and I were down the street here at this kind of CD pawn shop, like you were saying, and uh, walking around there in the back. Actually, my wife spotted this one. It tells you how blessed I am to have a wife like this. But she picked it up and there was this envelope. You know, it was an early bird mailer. She shows it to me. I see the LP on the logo. Check the dates. You know, my, my chest hit my drawers immediately. Bring it up to the guy. Up at the, the front desk there At this pawn shop You know And uh, who's obviously packing You can see his what, a gun Whatever It's a bad area
2: Wait so you could tell He like had a gun on him
3: Yeah I've never bought a Star Wars toy From someone who
2: was Carrying a gun Yeah Actually was... you know I might actually Think of it There's some pretty Pretty big gun nuts At this party
3: tonight Okay Keep, keep going So I asked him How much for this man oh, And he tells me oh, It's early bird Whatever Where are the figures Dude no figures man It's just the mailer You know it's no so, so it was an early bird
2: Mailer package And you could tell It was a real vintage
3: Early bird mailer. Okay. And it was unused. It was open. It was unused. It was nice. And she was like, all right, I have to eBay it. You know, I was about pretty much ready to walk out the store. I gave up on them, you know, and I was like, make sure you check sold listings. Anyhow, they don't really come up on on eBay too often. Or at last, last year this time, they really weren't. And he comes back and I guess he looked up the 2006 version. And they were um, selling for 60 bucks or so sealed. So he turns back to me because right, because I got that one from Walmart, I remember
2: getting that the the new early bird thing, an early example of vintage exploitation, so he looks up
3: that on eBay, and that's what he sees, and he sees fifty bucks, so what does he offer it to you for? It says five bucks <laughs> <laughs> so i I, I can him five bucks, shake his hand, go put it in the car, lock the door, take off You know wow that's nice is it still in your collection it's still in my collection it's never going to leave my collection it's one of my uh it's my best find, and it's you know I love it. It doesn't happen every day. Okay,
2: so if I offer you like to double your money for 10 bucks, you wouldn't do that? No. All right. That's um, cool. You've got to love the toys over the green. Thanks, Chris. So that was that story. It does kind of bring up a question of, of ethics, you know, like is it ethical to buy something for 5 bucks? But, you know, um, as Fluffy, uh, who was there, said, it's up to the seller to know what they're selling, you know? It's, it's not up to the buyer to, to tell the seller what they're selling. Um, the next story is really cool. Um there's a, a dealer who's been around since uh the sort of early to mid nineties. You ever dealt dealt with uh, Pete LaRose?
4: Not that I know of. That name definitely rings a bell. I don't think I have.
2: Right. Well he's apparently like a like the number one masters of the universe, um uh display collector oh okay and talking to him actually made me want to start collecting (laughs) he-man um he thought was something interesting i didn't know that most he-man conventions like most he-man fanatics are gay and i thought that was like really and then i thought about it it made sense with like ram man and all that stuff Um, but i thought like i bet that's a really interesting dynamic yeah you know what i mean like I want to go to one of those conventions to kind of see what it's like, like between like the sort of stereotypical older collector, you know, and like those two worlds mixing. Like I I bet it's a a good case for like tolerance and people who wouldn't normally hang around with each other hanging around over their joint love of uh, Skeletor. (laughs) Um, By the way, Steve, I would have a focus collection on Stinkor. All right. Now I have to figure out who that is. (laughs) Stinkor? You don't know Stinkor? Oh, Steve. Well, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a different kind of podcast, but his whole thing was he smelled like a skunk. (laughs) He actually smelled like a Thai pilot. Uh, Um, (laughs) But he completely smelled like a skunk. And I was excited to get him because I knew that everyone else wouldn't like him. And back then I used to be a contrarian. Oh, well, that's a
4: surprise.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so Stinkor was, was my favorite. So anyways, that's who, who Pete LaRose is, although I think I call him Pete DeRose for pretty much the whole time. So I just talked to him a little bit about what it used to be like to, to be a dealer back then. I mean, we've, we've talked to dealers who've been around for a while, uh, but he kind of had some neat stories about Atlantic City and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, so let's hear from Pete. All right. So I'm also here with, with Pete, Pete DeRose. Are you are you related to Lo Pete Rose. to Pete Rose? Well,
6: it's Low Rose. I okay. Are you related <laughs> no. to the guys in the cantina? <laughs>
2: okay. So, you are. A, you've. How long have you been selling Star Wars toys as a dealer? Uh, mid nineties. Since, Since the,
6: early nineties.
2: Okay. So, what do you like? What would you <laughs> think you would sell a full twelve back set for? What would you sell like a Luke twelve back for in the mid nineties?
6: Uh probably 600? okay what do you think in 2000 uh four or five thousand Mm. in condition in 2016 okay let me know currently now yeah okay
2: is it harder to be a dealer now than it was in 1995 it's
6: much easier to sell (laughs) why is that because the prices you're getting are just ridiculous it's harder to buy (laughs) but it's much easier to sell okay
2: is there there any questions you guys have for super old-time dealer because I've been hearing lots of cool mm-hmm. stories from him and, like, from Ron talking to him. Do you have any fun stories you want to share? Fun Pete DeRose? <laughs> <laughs> he
6: had the three-pack uh, sample. One, yeah, I, I, two, three. oh, yeah, let's talk about the three-pack sample. I still remember back in the old days. Oh, I said right. the old days. I was, I was born in 79, but going down to Atlantic City for the, uh, the, the Atlantic City show. I, wasn't, I, I was 14, 15 years old. I was taking a senior citizen casino bus down because I couldn't drive. <laughs> my parents wouldn't bring me down. I paid for my bus ticket. I yeah. got ten dollars back in quarters, which I don't know what the hell I was going to do with. And I would literally hump, run, to, run to the, the, run to the boardwalk, just to get to the. I was going to say hump, hump it to the, hump it to the boardwalk. Oh uh, yeah, hump the ladies on the bus, just to get to the boardwalk, to get to the convention center, and to just try to run through it as quick as possible. And uh, I, I just still remember the day. I mean, I bought one one white bo- white box three pack from a guy. Oh, okay, so you bought a white box three pack. Yeah. So that means like a uh, sample, yeah, uh, a packaging sample three pack.
2: A packaging sample three pack, and you bought one of them. How much do you think you paid for it back in '95? The one, the first one I bought was uh,
6: three hundred and fifty dollars because it was damaged. He does. Three hundred and fifty dollars because it was damaged. I walked literally probably about a half an hour at the show. The next next big toy booth I came to, the guy had a, a different person had a different one, and that was like six hundred, I think it was. I bought that one. Um, I those they went. To, I think I sold those years. Ago. I I definitely sold those years ago to I think Brian's Toys over the years. And, and what do you think you sold them for? Uh, I think I got about. It. A grand each, and what do you think they would sell for now?
2: I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's everybody's guess? A, a blank box, three five, pack, six thousand. Uh, more yes. like ten to twelve thousand. Yeah, ten to
7: 12, 10 to fifteen thousand.
2: Oh, okay, so 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 we're thinking, you know, Joe Joe Iglesias says about five to six grand. No, I said ten to twelve. Oh, I said ten to twelve grand. Uh, Rob sure. Johnson agrees, ten to twelve grand. The
6: original owner is trying to play it down
2: because it sells like fifty bucks, sixty yeah, bucks. Yeah, <laughs> Wow. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Pete DeRose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, see, the thing is, my first collection right. actually was Pete Rose. I, I had I every Pete Rose card ever by the time I was 10 years old. And then, like, when um, I, not, like, not finally details. we got his rookie that's, card, that's he was great. arrested for gambling. And
6: no, I'm, I'm still Pete LaRose, not De Rose. <laughs> So,
2: Okay. <laughs> in the name of DeRose. Okay, we got you. All right. Thanks, Pete. Now, the next story right. is a little bit quicker and this was just uh, you know we haven't had a chance to throw a brick through Joe's window in a while (laughs) Um, but he was telling a story about the guy who basically found all of the ooze and I thought well, that's interesting. Let's hear about this guy. All right. Okay, so it's been a while. We've tried to catch up with Joe and throw a brick through his window for a long time now. He's now going to tell a story that's not his story to tell, but I don't even know who the guy he's talking about. So he's going to tell the story about how did all the Uzais end up in America. What's the story here? Well, the story is that Lev, the
5: owner of Toy Tokyo, went to Turkey in the late 80s, uh, early 90s, and bought everything that the factory had left. He also went to Poland. He went to Hungary and bought tons and tons of bootlegs into America. So, I'd say at least eighty percent of the bootlegs from those countries, as far as carded examples are concerned, have passed through Love's hands at one point in time.
2: But wow! And so he would just like just go out there and just grab everything and take it back. Yes, that's
6: what he did. And then, and then Pete is over here, who's a dealer. Do you remember seeing him have these things? I remember, back yeah, back in the nineties, still had some of them. So I mean, he got them back in the the late eighties, early nineties. Late eighties, he still had some of the stuff he was selling here and there. Obviously, a lot more than he did. Uh, he was selling a lot more at that pro- at that point than he did when he originally brought it over. But yeah, he still had some of the stuff. So,
2: and, and what would like a car- like a sort of a common Uzai, like an Aslan Adam Chewbacca, what would he have been selling it for back then?
6: Back in the early '90s, it was in the. $200, 300 range. And what does an Aslan Adam go for
5: now, Joe? <laughs> um, Cardi one hasn't come up for a while, but I imagine a decent condition one would probably sell anywhere between 2500 and 4000
4: Sure, you want to hit some, uh,
5: some All right. nuggets. So, so they,
4: we're just
2: making Pete feel great over here. <laughs> <laughs>
6: this is awesome. You know, I keep looking at my 401k, like, what am I doing
2: wrong? <laughs> now, the next story is from somebody who we will hear from later. Um, But he has a story about Ron's magic bathroom. Steve, I'm not gonna explain it any more than that. Okay, so I'm back here with Mike the Massive and he has apparently a funny collecting story from the last time he was in Rondrelais. What's that story?
8: Uh, I was invited to come visit Ron and see his collection. And I, uh, you know, nature calls. So I spent some time in his bathroom. And (laughs) well, as I sit there on the throne, which is uh, a very lucky place in this this house. I uh, stumbled, I'm going to eBay auctions, and sure enough, I find a, a, a an auction for a Buy Now uh, double telescoping Luke lightsaber uh, auction. And uh, well, long story short, it's it was like thirty-two dollars or something plus postage. So I said, you know, this thing's real, and I bought it, and I bought it quick, and uh, you know, it comes in the mail, and uh, it's legit. So I call it Ron's Magic Bathroom, and it's one of my favorite collecting stories because <laughs> you're just charmed when something like that happens.
2: Yeah, Ron's, Ron's Magic Collecting Bathroom. You know, whenever I go in there, I, I just lean back, and he has, like, these weird, like, uh, shelves filled with, like, doll prototypes. and I always, like, knock something over. Nothing good ever happens to me in Ron's
8: bathroom. You know, it's funny you mention that because I actually just went up to try Ron's Magic Bathroom again, and, uh, you know, not so st- – <laughs> I think. I sat down for another round, and sure enough, I, I hit that shelf full of uh, collect, the, his collection of something, the little lady figures, and uh, I knocked them all over, and I, so I, I, I stood up, and I stood them all back up, and I said, uh, maybe I'll tell Ron about this, and maybe I won't, but thank God, they're like Mark's figures, and I really can't damage them, so as they all fell to the ground, Ron, sorry, I put them back the best I could and, I, and I'm admitting to it now, so forgive me. Yeah, all right. Bronze Magic Bathroom.
2: And finally, Steve, this one's sort of the most fun. Um, well, it's hard to say more fun than a magic bathroom. <laughs> um, but uh, I discovered a lot about something I didn't know about. That thing is the Cobot. The Coca-Cola promotional robot. And so what you're going to hear, I don't even want to talk more about the cobot, because what you're going to hear is me discovering about it. Well, well, at the party, Jason Thomas, who is our featured collector this month, because he collects Zuckus, Jason Thomas, the thing about these collecting clubs, and the reason why you got to join, is that we look out for each other, you know, like we help each other out constantly, you know, Tom, let me crash on his couch. Um, I actually ended up staying with Ron to help him set up, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, and we drive each other. And Jason offered to go pick up a full life-size Cobot. So we're talking this thing weighs, you know, 400 pounds. It has a giant Coca-Cola logo on it and three legs. It was like a real deal electronic R2-D2 made to look like a Coca-Cola can. And uh, he held on to it for months. And this is the scene where Mike Ritter, the world's number one R2-D2 collector, NASA fan, and Long Island Sound aqua life inspector, um, and also I think the world's biggest Jets fan and Rangers fan, that that dude has a lot of passion. He does. And I guess I have a lot of passion too, but he has a lot of passion for for, for the Jets. Anyway, um so he, he is, it is getting out of Jason's car and being put into, I'm just trying to give you the tableau. It's a bright, sunny day. We're in the middle of uh, New Windsor, New York, and we are actually in sort of like this weird condominium complex with all these people driving by, like, what the heck's going on? And we are moving the, the this from the back of Jason's car into the back of Mike's Chevy Avalanche. So let's hear what we learned about Alright, so uh, we are currently at Ronderlay and we are going out to uh, Mike Ritter's, uh, well, not Mike Ritter's car, Jason Thomas, who uh, has. Now, okay, you know, I need to know where to start with this. First of all, Mike, what is it that we are going to go get before you tell us what it is, before I say how we got it?
7: It's a full size operational cobot used by Coca Cola for advertising in supermarkets back in the early 80s.
2: And what is a cobot?
7: It's R2-D2's commercial cousin hired by Coca-Cola. Was it licensed by Lucasfilm? Mm -hmm. Originally not, but there was enough of a promotional item with the remote control uh, toys that eventually Lucasfilm did give them the uh, license to produce this r2 knockoff
2: so now we're like a couple of guys in a in a scorsese movie going out to somebody's trunk or like a tarantino movie like the camera in the trunk why is there a cobot in your trunk jason thomas Uh,
9: mike ritter had been up in our neck of the woods and he was trying to make a deal with the gentleman who ran the bottling plant in albany new york and uh They couldn't come to a deal. Then Mike gets home, and then all of a sudden, that gentleman wanted to make a deal. So Thomas, Tom Quinn, and I had to go and pick it up. And it's been in my collecting room for the last couple of months. And my wife uh, thought maybe we could keep it, but no. You
2: know, this is the thing about Mike Ritter. You know, he he goes to all these meetings and he gets all this goodwill from everybody. I held on to that Kenner uh, early display. The Factors display with the Kenner sticker, earliest possible display for months. He holds on to the Cobot. Mike, everybody loves you. And here's the Cobot as proof. Oh, that's fantastic. We're going to have to edit out that swear. Oh, Coke is it. No, it's okay. I'm going to stop recording now and take pictures. That is awesome. We're now kind of hanging out here, looking at the Cobot in the back of the trunk. Uh, Tom Quinn is holding up the Diet Coke Head. So they had a Diet Coke Head and a regular Coke Head?
7: They had several.
2: It was the late 70s, early 80s. Everyone was a Coke they Head.
7: several different covers for these. They <laughs> have, have a Mellow Yellow one.
2: Sprite. Mellow Yellow, Sprite.
7: Ramblin' root beer. Yeah. Inside uh, of it. They have not only the traditional Coca Cola logo, they, this one they have the. It just says Coke on the front of it. <laughs> wow,
2: so now you have to get the rest of the heads. I'm sorry, Mike. I hate to say your your quest is not complete now.
7: Well, the heads should be the same. It's the skin yeah. that's. Uh, okay, so
2: it's just a little skin that that comes in the side. Wow, this is. I've never seen one of these in person. Who here has seen one of these before? There's 10 people here. No one is raising their hand. This is... This is absolutely beautiful. Man, I love... I love Pepsi. <laughs> I love seeing one
1: like a celebration. Right? Yeah, I'm an yeah, RC yeah. guy myself. Yeah.
2: The crazy thing is, uh, I actually have like jalapeno popper cheese curls all over my iPhone right now. I'm recording. Look, Michael Cooper, can you confirm that there is cheese doodle on my iPhone?
5: Yeah, it's pretty disgusting.
2: It's pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah, you
9: got to come to these collector meetings. All right, so, so wait. So, what's your favorite part of this, Jason? There's an eight track tape player inside of it, and these are speakers on the side. And you could,
2: yeah. So what what would they play in the eight track? Uh,
9: there are a bunch of eight track tapes in in uh, Joe's uh, truck in in the box of other parts. So, uh, you know, there's an extra controller and, and other things and extra feet because they would get breaks broken. So um, yeah, we'll have to check that out. Wow,
2: eight tracks, Coca-Cola, R two D two. Now some of the crazy. What's the deal with Star Wars collectors and bodybuilding? It's like a lot of Star Wars bodybuilder. They're all trying to figure out how to lift Cobot out of the car.
3: Well, you know, some of us we like Star Wars, and we just like to, you know.
2: Yeah, we just like to the pump. That. You know, we just like a, we like a
6: healthy, yeah. like a healthy pump. <laughs> There's a lot of albuterol and multivitamins here. <laughs>
2: yes, <laughs> he's making reference to the fact that I actually asked to bring an inhaler to this meeting because I was at Ron's house and. I felt like I was getting a little bit of asthma. Apparently that's that's fulfilling some kind of stereotype. Okay, they are now picking up uh, the the cobot. It is apparently very, very heavy. Uh, Mike Gritter looks very excited. He looks like he might actually start mounting the cobot. Okay, Mike Gritter is now m- mounting the cobot. He's, he's going wildly. Mike Gritter has broken the cobot. Is there an ABBA tape in the e-track? <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what, it, now, now what, is it, what does it say? It says, a handwritten note on top here, please stop. Removal of this assembly no longer necessary. However, battery charging parts have been repaired. Also broken main power supply wire. If repairs are needed, call 457, a bunch of other numbers. Thank you, the Coca-Cola management.
7: The neighbors are probably like, what the hell Wow. Yeah, an 8-track tape uh, player.
2: I, that is amazing.
7: 8-track. Yes. The story the guy had is this was in a loft. It is the Syracuse location? Wait, so this
2: was at a loft in the Syracuse and location? they were
7: going to throw it away. And he says, no, I'd really <laughs> love to give it a home. And he had not only the Coke uh, bot, but all the pieces that it went with. We're looking at the manual right now. It has all the information on it. And inside the box are 8-track tapes. One of them is a sound
2: robot effect tape, tape, tape that came with it. No way. It's a R2-D2 sound effect tape? Yeah,
7: it's a robot tape.
2: Laser... Okay, I, okay, I need to read this. I've never seen this before. This thing is amazing. Okay, 8-track tape. Coke theme. Have a Coke and a smile. Program 2, bleeps. Program 3, computers. Program 4, space and lasers. I, I bet track 2, bleeps is the best. Oh, here we got, we Copyright got Anthony L. Shannon, Atlanta, Georgia. Here's
9: so, a Christmas
2: tape. A Christmas tape. Have a Coke and a smile... A track Christmas tape. Bleeps. Here comes Santa. Rudolph, red Nose reindeer. Wow. All and
7: your favorite
2: hits. This is an amazing. So, are we gonna get it going?
7: I want to picture of everybody around this thing with microphones. Wow.
2: Door. There's like a whole box of parts and everything. And here's here's a whole letter to. It says, Dear Bottler, congratulations on ordering your new robot for Coca-Cola. I think you will find it a very exciting and effective sales promotional tool. Well, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It doesn't seem like it's all interesting. In closing, let me ask each of you to send information, pictures, and articles involving the robot in your area so that we may include them in our quarterly robot newsletters. You now have to track down the quarterly robot newsletters. All working on not. I actually am going to start writing something called quarterly robot newsletters. Uh, it's going to be newsletters written from Mike's cobot. I, I got you a <laughs> This is amazing. I, got you a
5: present, I can't wait to subscribe to your newsletter, Scott.
2: How can you not want a quarterly robot newsletter? Is that a
5: quarterly robot
9: newsletter?
2: Okay, so now Jason's looking at something else with a cobot. I'm just bothering everybody, tracking them down, trying to get these stories.
9: So this is a postcard kind of mailer thing that kids could color and send to somebody. And they had stickers with it. Uh, so it's cobot stationary
2: yeah it's cobot stationary that's amazing i didn't know there's all this cobot stuff and there's a full module like description of how it works and how to fix it mike are you like uh, technologically savvy are you gonna be able to fix it yourself
7: i'm gonna try all right if not i'm gonna visit tom spina of <laughs> tom spina designs and have him help me out
2: now, do, do you prefer Coke over Pepsi? I don't drink soda. All right. Would you guys stop saying stuff that's interesting when I walk over here? How many of these were made, Mike?
7: 283 is the number I was given from, uh, by Pete Vilmer. And
2: yet you've collected R2-D2, and you've been looking for one of these for the past, what, 15 years? And you've never seen one?
7: I've seen a few available, but they're either too far out of my driving range or too far out of the price range. This one was right place, right time, at the right price. Wow, beautiful. Here's another
2: piece of information. Uh, Types of greetings. When a customer walks by with a competitive product, robots should say, Excuse me, you have made an illogical decision. However, if you will purchase Coca-Cola instead, I will dance for you. You will be surprised how many times this will work. I actually would not be surprised. Hey, how about that illogical? So Tom, uh, Tom Quinn is a huge Star Trek fan. Have you ever seen the word illogical be used in a Star Wars context? No, but it needs to be used more. Absolutely. This is absolutely R2, R2 Spock 2 right here. That would be illogical. And and now Mike is giving out a button with a ribbon attached to it to Jason and Tom saying Cobot Transport Team. That is very special. This is what the hobby is all about. It's not about stuff. There's a lot of a lot of love right now. All right, now Steve, you haven't heard that yet, but I can't can, can I tell you my favorite part about the whole thing. Sure. Okay, there's a lot of things. One, the paperwork that went along with it, mm. which as you just heard uh, told you to dance. Um <laughs> And the best thing is that it had an 8-track player with 8-tracks, with oh, specific 8-tracks yeah. with right. to play.
4: You knew this, Steve? I, I knew vaguely. I remember the, the Cobot 8-track connection, um, but not, not the details. That's, that's great.
9: Yeah.
2: Cool. So that's not the last that we're going to hear from, from uh, Rondelet and from the, the, the Empire State meeting, but that's the last story time. All right. The last, Steve... It's going to be the last this month. Right. (laughs) Later on in this month, Space Freaks, I am going to drop a mini episode. Mm, Oh, right. right, This episode is – I'll set it up again during that episode, but let me just tell you. Fluffy speaks. (laughs) The famous mysterious super collector known only as Fluffy who lives in shadow and secrecy actually spoke on our podcast. The problem is, Fluffy cannot speak without swearing. Fluffy cannot speak without talking about at least three different kinds of bodily fluids. <laughs> Fluffy cannot speak without violence, gore, and absolute putrescence of the highest order. But, so, <laughs> but in the middle of all that, Include the stories of how the Darth Vader sculpt was found uh, and how the Yoda sculpt was found and fur shots and hard copies and tales from Cincinnati, some of the most interesting and entertaining stories you will ever hear. But I can't do it because you might be listening to this with your family and the dirtiest I'm going to get is talking about ammonia and oil lubricants, you know? So, so next month, not even next month, probably next week, whenever I release it, just know that is not to be listened to by children, women, or men. It is, just don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, it's been a while since you talked. Do you want to talk about uh, something you want to talk about?
4: Sure, you want to hit some uh, some nuggets?
2: Sure. Tis a nugget
9: from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, They're from the archive oh my god they're
7: gorgeous
2: all right steve tell us about a zucket that's a zuckus nugget <laughs> all
4: right um well like last time i, I kind of picked a handful do you want to do you want to go through all of them or uh, this one you, the first one you might have even talked about with with wrong because it, it does at least at least uh at the time this was, aren't and yeah excuse me i can't talk At the time of this entry, uh, it was in Ron's collection. Yes, no,
2: we did not talk. We mentioned it briefly, but there are so many other things to talk about. And this is absolutely essential. This is a completely essential item. This is actually the whole point of this entire podcast, beyond the Poetry Slam uh, and and Steve talking about Digby. How is Digby, by the way? (laughs) He's doing pretty good. Okay, good. (laughs) The real point is to find things on the archive and highlight how important they are. Right. This is, I believe, extremely important. What is it, Steve? All right. So we're talking about the uh,
4: the original acetate sculpt for an alternate Zuckus head by uh, Bill Lemon. And it's, uh, it's from, from Ron's collection. Um, so he he's done the writing here. But uh, what, what's interesting about it is how much the uh, this initial sculpt was changed for the final version. So the initial one, which is done in acetate, has a much more kind of like docile, like, normal robotic look to it <laughs> right. um still where, the
2: eyes are very segmented they're very bug like yes, eyes
4: right they, they do got the bug eye thing going but he doesn't look nearly as uh as angry and intimidating as the final version does no um so that that's one difference and then on the back um i mean the you can just see they completely re reworked it so uh, ron surmises that the uh, the head was just completely redone redone in wax, but the body was probably kept the same because it kind of has that acetate hard line, um, you know, edgy uh, look to it. But but the uh, just to see how different the the first
2: head was is is really cool. And really, it looks more like Forlom. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It, it looks a little more. I mean, there's a lot smoother lines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got these sort of cute little eyebrows. Yeah, kind It looks right. it looks, it looks kind of more Japanese, actually.
3: Yeah, it looks I could kind see of that.
2: like a kawaii. That means cute Japanese character, um, and yeah, I mean, I actually think if this were Zuckus's head, Zuckus mm-hmm. would be a very popular character because <laughs> because these eyes are really expressive and they're kind of inviting, and the face is a little bit confusing how it fits together. Yeah. But looking at it next to the actual Zucca sculpt, it makes you realize a lot of things about the Zucca sculpt. <laughs> I mean the the eyes are basically sculpted into a, a scowl. Yeah, yeah. Like like the eyebrows are down, and then his mouth looks like it's pursed and like he's kind of he's sort of ooh, you know, like he's making that <laughs> ooh face.
4: Yeah. You know? Yeah, well it's also like the just the center of his face is much as much more bug-like and organic looking which is just weird based on the fact that he's supposed to be a droid right yeah um, in the
2: original bill lemon sculpt it looks a little bit more like the lines a little bit softer whereas again the more i look at this steve um zuckus nose does look like a cat tuckus <laughs> um, it, it is passover unfortunately yehuda could not make it to the meeting Ah, uh, um, bummer yeah, it was, it was a big. It was it was a big bummer. So at least I'm. I believe it's Yiddish. I believe Tukas is is Yiddish. That must have been why they didn't go with Tukas because everyone would have thought his name <laughs> in. But but he does look like a butt. And and I'd like to invite anyone to uh, you know I, I think Jared might listen to this episode uh, because uh, he's probably going to be on it. So if he could Photoshop um, Zuckas' face with the rear end of a cat, I think it would look really funny. Like I think Let's it would see. work really well.
4: You're right. I mean it's and I Walrus Man is no longer the only butt faced Star Wars figure.
2: Yeah, that's true. But this is maybe the only anus faced Well that's that's I'd say
4: you're probably right. But who knows? We got a lot of droids and Ewoks figures later to go through. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: true. It's not that kind of Tebow. Um it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, so so getting back to non ridiculousness. Yes. Um I, I really think it's it's um I really think it's worth it to I'm sorry, Steve. I just got a text from my girlfriend, like kind of worried because uh-uh. I, I like forgot to tell her that I was recording my podcast. So she thinks I'm like leaving her hanging. So I, I'm gonna to have to address that. But let me just finish this thought before we uh, before we get out of this nugget. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it really is the responsibility, I think, to go. Can I responsibility? But you really should go and look at this on the archive. I mean, the writing's funny. There's a couple of jokes in here we don't mention. But really, take a look and see what Zuckus could have been. And what do you think? You know what? Why don't you why don't you answer that in in the Facebook feed or wherever it is that you respond to our show. Do you like the original sculpt more? Ooh, let's do a poll, Steve. Hey, that works. Good. Let's do a Facebook poll. Okay. Do you like the original Zuckus sculpt more, or do you like the produced Zuckus sculpt? And we'll have a vote, and the winner of the vote will be of interest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the most we can offer on this. Show. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna have to text her. All right. Let's. See. All right now. The next sort of things that you have here are interesting to me. Yeah. Now, the, the, the Zuckus proof with four Forlom offer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just how funky this is. Um, first of all, it's cool because, uh, because it's got lam and Zuckus on the same card. Right. Yeah. And Zuckus debuted, obviously, on the 48 back, so which is why this is the beginning of a new season. But like, why would this even exist? Why would there be a 47 back proof? Why do you think, Steve?
4: Well, what's, I, this is something that confused me, because what I thought originally was what you were just saying, is that as far as the U.S. cards, the 48-back was the debut. But there, is, there are at least, I think, two instances where 47-back Zuckus carded figures have been found. So, I mean, in, that, in, this, in these other archive entries, it actually mentions that the 48-back was the debut. But I think 2009, the first one showed up. And I think there might have been one more
2: after that. Wait, um, is this some kind of Australian horse hockey? I don't think it's Australian. I don't think. Um, This sounds like Australian horse hockey, Steve. (laughs) They're always up to something over there. You know what I'm talking about. It's always like, oh, we just released it over here, mate. Hey. (laughs) I love tarantulas. I do? (laughs) You know? I found
4: found an old Rebel Scum thread where, where it was surfaced. Did you see? I think I just emailed it to you a little bit ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. I commented on it? You did? Yeah, yeah. This is from, I think the... 2012.
2: 2012. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The 10 rarest. Look at that. There it is. It's a 47 back. And then I said, I never really thought about this card back before. It is pretty cool. Too bad it is so rare. Exclamation (laughs) point. Nice one, Sky. Is there (laughs) proof out there for this combo?
4: there it is (laughs) the one we were just talking about right
2: yeah (laughs) see it all comes full circle here (laughs) wow so there it is yeah it it did exist
4: yeah and so i mean there was the canadian 47 back which which scott points out i think in in one of these threads and then there's a, a 45 back clipper but in terms of just the standard kenner cards It looks like it didn't, in fact, get produced on a 47-back with the 4LM offer.
2: So that's where we're starting to get into this interesting zone of actual information on this podcast. Yes. (laughs) Um, Is that one of the other nuggets you pointed out is Mm -hmm. a 45-back Zuckus carded sample. Right. Right. So So this would be a 45-back, so that's with the Display Arena offer. Right. And that is a... Zuncus card back, so that's a full, let's see, so that would be a f- full two card backs before it actually debuted.
4: Right. So, yeah, so what it's got here, it's a, it's a sample card, so it's that four-rounded corner kind of proof card, and then the figure on this guy is a, is a first shot, which the, the color of the plastic is a lot darker than, than the, the production figure. So it's, it's interesting to see it kind of trace back like another step. And see it kind of get delayed a bit,
2: yeah, I, I wonder what it was. Maybe they were just trying to figure out who the hell he was, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but it says his name on forty five you know yeah. where this you know where this might be solved um, matthias, if you 're listening um, maybe this is solved in chromalins, like maybe chromalins ah. we can find out sort of. The release dates and times are 45, 47, 48. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're much sooner than we thought. Anyways, getting, getting back yes. to, to 45 and 47. So right. so I, I guess there's probably no carded 45-back No so,
4: Yeah, not the, the
2: Kenner ones. There's the the uh, Clipper. Um, right. But yeah, no, not like this. So are we going to officially say it, Steve? zuckus's debut is on a 47-back? I think I think it's pretty safe to say. All right, this is revolutionary, Steve. <laughs> this means there's no there's no card that did. Wait, that means this isn't the beginning of a new season.
4: <laughs> we're still we're still we're in the second episode of our <laughs> forty seven. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have our, our one episode season next next month. I don't know. It's too
2: confusing <laughs> being this stupid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know what I know what the feeling very well. Yeah. <laughs> so this actually uh, segues quite well. All right, that's how, that's how I say segues. Yes. Um, into some of our next, the next uh, bit of content that I got. Okay. So I really thought, you know, how do you deal? How do how do you try to share the experience of going to one of these meetings? Um, so I'm trying to do two things with that. One, I'm trying to encourage people to go to these meetings so they can see what kind of fun we have. Three things. Two, I'm trying to memorialize the kind of experience that it is because these things change over time. Yeah. And three, like just for the 27 people who are there, I want them to remember like these weird things, you know? Yeah. Like it's just fun. It's just fun to like remember these actual moments. And I know like when I watch um, – Like there was a a boat trip that a whole bunch of the vintage guys went on back in 2009 or something Mm -hmm. and I didn't go there but I listened to stories about it and like there was like a fight and like people were puking. Didn't they almost get shipwrecked? Yeah, they almost got shipwrecked. There's all this kind (laughs) of stuff and like you and I weren't there but it's like fun to hear and I'll, I'll watch the videos from that stuff. So it's kind of trying to mix all those things together into one. So what these things are all about are telling stories and we've already heard stories and if you want to hear Kivecast After Dark, you'll have to listen next month. <laughs> and then the other part of it is just seeing awesome toys. Um, so we did that a little bit with Gus's collection all the way back in Seattle a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I want to make this a little bit different. So what I did was I asked people, just tell me one item you find interesting. It doesn't have to be the best item because there's so many sculpts there, so many one-of-a-kind things there, original art, all that junk but just what do you want to talk about? And then I would go to Ron and ask him about it. Sort of like, what do you remember getting it? What do you think about it? What is it? So we are going to do that. Uh, and I want to start. So we've been going over uh, Zuckus on sort of sample cards mm-hmm. and Zuckus on proof cards. Sort of all these mock-ups. Right. But he also happens to have two Riyis on Zuckus. Ah, uh, Yeah. Okay. On 48C cardbacks, And mm-hmm. um, So this happened to be John Paul Ragusa, uh, uh, international collector extraordinaire's um, uh, moderator of the Imperial Gunnery. Uh, this happened to be what he picked. And let's listen to why he picked it now. So I'm, I'm here with uh, John Paul uh, Ragusa, also known as the Pope of the Imperial Gunnery. Um, I like that. I just came up with that right now. But uh, he's about to leave. He's the first person leaving this meeting. Yay! Boo! Okay, so I'm asking him. We're here at the Ronderle Collection, and we're asking, what is one piece of interest to you?
7: Well, it's actually two pieces, and this shows why I'm going to start hating him on a regular basis. He has two mock-ups of Riyi's. On a 48-back Zuckus. So not only does he have one of them, he has two identical of them, which just shows his corporate greed. And that's nonsense. He should should follow Bernie Sanders, share the wealth. One of them should come over to my... Place,
2: yeah. One thing I know about John Paul Ragusa is that his far left leaning political beliefs I see it all the time on Facebook. Exactly, that's what I always tell him take it easy, you know. I mean, we have to believe in like personal freedom and the market will correct itself, but he's all sitting there, feel the burn all day, every day. Yeah, so that's actually good because Zuckus is the, is the theme of the show, so yeah. so it's it is a re on a Zuckus mock up. right,
7: two, 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 two of two
6: because re-
7: that he's greedy. <laughs> And doesn't like to share with you. So he's kind of six yees.
6: <laughs> <laughs> nope. That no. not, no.
7: No. 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 Can I get a boo <laughs> before he gets paused on that? Nonsense. Yay,
6: this guy's funny. <laughs>
7: Do you hear everybody say that?
2: <laughs> yeah, okay, so so John Paul said that his favorite uh, item or most interesting item was the fact that you have two re yees mock ups on a Zuckus card back. How did you get those wrong?
1: Oh, I don't remember, right off the top of my head. I got them in Cincinnati um, at some point from Kenner employees. The reason I kept them was because they have the re-sculpt and the uh, hard copy and some other stuff. So I, sh- I showed those on the Plastic Galaxy documentary, so if you've seen that, you've seen them.
2: Now, why do you have two and
1: not just one? Uh, I don't know. I just ended up with two over the years, and they're a little bit different. One is a sticker and one doesn't. So I think I just saved them because they go with that that run of stuff.
2: Awesome. Well, he was saying that you should spread the wealth like Bernie Sanders because he's a super left-wing nut. So (laughs) all right. Thanks, Raul. All right. Now, I do have to say I got an email (laughs) from John Paul um, in which he earnestly asked me to make sure I made it clear that I was joking when I called him a liberal. he really doesn't want apparently my sarcasm was too delicate uh, if you are friends with him uh, you know that he is uh, if he were any more right wing he would be on half of a bird um, actually that doesn't work at all Steve because he could be the left wing as well um, so anyway he just wants to make sure that's that's very clear so um, but it is funny that he was arguing that Ron should should spread the wealth with having two of them so let's see. I asked another. Uh, I asked some more people. Uh, would you like to hear from more people, Steve?
4: Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm here for. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I also talked to. Um, let's see. I talked to Mike the Massive, and as you know, he is well known for uh, his ability at fixing Princess Leia's hair. All oh, right. Yeah. So so perhaps his uh, decision is not too surprising. I, I, now, now, now here's, uh, here's Mike the Massive. How many times have you been on the show? You've been on the show a few times, I think. Uh, one, of the, one of the founding members, one of the, the Troika of founding members of the, of the Empire State uh, Star Wars Collecting Club.
8: So is there a particular item that you find interesting in Rondrelay? Well, my claim to fame being the styling of Leia's hair. And Leia, the 12-inch Leia figure in general, I love the the the, the, the uh, pilot figure, the blue suit the jumpsuit figure for Leia. So that's top-notch for me. I love seeing that figure, and I want to restyle her hair, which you know I'm not proud of that, <laughs> but I see it as toy restoration. You know, I'm not playing with Barbie dolls. I'm restoring toys.
2: So, so, so this is a uh, unproduced Empire Strikes Back era Princess Leia alternate outfit uh, in a blue jumpsuit. Ron, do you remember getting that piece?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a um, it's the blue flight suit that was going to be sold separately for the doll in I think '79, and I bought it from the person who. Um, was involved in designing it uh, years and years ago. It came along with the Luke flight suit, which is obviously the X-Wing flight suit, and they're posed together there. And uh, it's, it's a pretty cool item, especially if you like Princess Leia stuff.
2: <laughs> and and will, will you let Mike play with the hair?
1: Um, I, 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 I may have actually cut it to, to, to fit on the head. So Mike would probably be upset with me because it's probably um, not correctly styled. The doll isn't a prototype at all. It's just a regular old doll. Oh,
2: okay, I thought you cut the hair of a prototype doll. So, so maybe, Mike, maybe you can actually help him out with his hair
8: situation. Oh, yeah, being a production doll, I'll just rip the head off, <coughs> and I'll restyle the hair. I'll put some nice buns on her. I'll stick that head back on. It'll be top-notch. All right, you're going to do that wrong? All right, sounds fine to uh, me. All right. Uh, it's an honor to restyle
2: me. The next one comes very close to my heart, and it comes from Joe O'Neill. Okay, so I'm now here with not Joe Iglesias. Joe, I don't know your last name is. What's your last name? It's Joe O'Neill. Joe O'Neill, okay. Oh, Joe O'Neill. All right, so... Uh, we're uh, asking you the, the Rondelet question. Is there a particular item that you think is interesting or fun in Ron's collection?
3: Uh, besides just, I mean, everything. It's just so much to take in and absorb. But I think one of the pieces that really stood out for me, there is a Chewbacca plush doll display, retail display. And Ron's got three, three the Chewbacca plush dolls in there with the tag still attached. I mean, it's just a beautiful-looking piece. It's a large, sizable display. And it just, it would look great in my room. So, Ron... Thank you so much for letting me take it
2: home today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. And actually, one came up for eBay recently. Was that you, Tom, who sent me the link to it? Someone sent me a link to it. And I, and I clicked on it. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty good. And then it was sold. All right. So we've got some unproduced stuff. We have some mock-ups. Uh, now, Jared and, and Shauna, um, I don't actually think I'm going to be able to include them here. Because they didn't want to say, because there's two items in Ron's collection that are so secretive, we don't want people to know about them yet. <laughs> so Jerry was just like, you know, I like stuff. So unfortunately, I don't think his stuff is going to is going to make the cut. Is that too mean? Should I include it anyway? <laughs> I don't know. You
4: can't ask me. I haven't heard it. <laughs> okay,
2: that's not how he talks, by the way. I I know. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I like stuff. My name's Jared. Ewoks, bogus, blue, blue, blue. <laughs> Do you know what was going on in my head while I was doing that? Uh, I don't What's know. What's the name of the Ewok horse? What's the name of the Ewok horse? <laughs> Boga. Yes, Sky, you pulled it off again. I think and it's
4: Baga, Sky.
2: Come on. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boga is that, is that thing that oh, Sunrise. Oh, see this
9: is this is like this is
4: us. I knew I knew it was Bagger cuz I watched that damn cartoon and you went for episode 3. This is perfect.
2: I really was so proud of myself for playing that Boga.
4: It was from but see though it was from somewhere. That was that was you. So yes. it's okay. <laughs>
2: Okay. Now I definitely cannot put on – you know what? We'll just tag that little bit of audio on next month (laughs) even though it's not dirty at all. We'll just include it on next month. (laughs) Um, Let's see. uh, Now let's hear about uh, Eric Franks who used to live in Philadelphia. I mean Pennsylvania but now lives up in Ithaca. So he lives very close to me. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and he's going to talk about a display that he likes of Ron's. Yeah, so we're now here with uh, Eric Franks. Franks is your last name, right? Yes. It's not singular, it's plural. plural Franks. Okay, yes. So uh, uh, what's uh, an item from Ronderlay that, that you would like to talk about? I really am a big fan of the bell hangers,
5: and the 21 bell is probably my favorite. And
2: So, so that's little... just a, a display of collect all 21. We're talking about the bell hangers here. Ron, Ron's coming in. He's throwing away all these empty bottles that I've left all over the place. <laughs>
7: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of nice displays up there,
5: including the uh, the figure bins and that sort of thing. But the the bells are are uh, some of my favorite advertising. Just the you know seeing the figures all together each time they, a
1: new set came out and there they were.
2: Now, Ron, do you have a story about it, the twenty one bell hanger? Twenty
1: one. Yeah. Uh, do you have a story about how you got that piece? Well, I got the um, the bell hangers are some of my favorite items. I was trying to get all of them for a number of years. The twenty one was always. Probably the more common one, you know, back when I first started collecting them. So I got that, I don't remember, a show maybe, and it wasn't that much money. But now they've, the supply of those has kind of dried up, so they're a little bit harder to find. Uh, but the, the, the some of the other ones are a little bit rare. You know, the uh, 41 and the 32 and the, um, the Get a Free Boba Fett ones. But uh, that's definitely one of my favorite parts of my collection. Uh, just all those bell hangers. There's, what, one, two, three, five? So...
2: Wow, five bell hangers. Awesome. Cool. You know, one thing that I liked about about uh, Eric's thing, you know, I was talking about it later with Ron and Ron was like, you know, that's not even like one of the super rare ones. But it's like, yeah, but so what? It's awesome. Like that 21 bell really is really special. You know, we've talked about a lot of rare headers, you know, the long fet and whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's just a really nice looking first 21 displayed so I really like that yeah it's a good good choice yeah um, now we didn't hear from Jared and Shauna because I'm too busy insulting them and what they collect um, but we are going to hear from sort of uh, newer collectors uh, Tyler I know it starts I know F-E-D-I-G-A-N I believe is how you say his name but I forget how you pronounce it um, I guess you could say Fedigan Steve that might work, um, and then he was there with uh, Lauren. She had a very French last name. Uh, it was a great French last name. You'll hear me pronounce it in the thing, anyway. Uh, and they're going to share what they really loved about it. And this is this is neat because um, I'd met them before at a couple other of these Empire State meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just kind of cool because you know I'm always kind of running around and talking to people I already know. Um, so I felt bad because I hadn't really said hello to them. or really introduced myself to them. So this was a good excuse for me to get to talk to them. Oh, so right let's hear what they say. Okay. So we're, we're going to be interviewing two people who are uh... – One person. One person appears to be walking away. But uh, two members of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. Uh, Tyler, I believe it's pronounced Fedrigan? Fedrigan? Fedrigan. Fedrigan. Irish. Uh, Irish. And he was uh, kind of uh, embarrassed to be on the show. But the basic question we're trying to ask everybody to get everybody on the Kivecast is, uh, is there any item in Ron's collection that you find interesting and then maybe you'd like to know the story behind it?
8: yeah the whole thing is awesome. The one thing I liked was the r2 d two lily Letty large size figure, which was based on the three and three quarter inch figure instead of just the regular you know sculpt that had the paper label It looked like um, really interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a really beautiful piece, and that's sort of, he has sort of like an area of prototypes, an area of production, and that's one where people, uh, you can just get lost in that whole production area and kind of see that. Awesome, yeah, that's, that's a really good piece, and maybe we'll we'll try to figure out a way to feature that more. Cool. Awesome, thanks, and is, is Lauren going to say anything or no? Do you, do you have anything you want to say, Lauren, about Ron's collection? Is there anything in particular that you find interesting? Luke Skywalker. Okay, so this is Lauren. I don't know your last name.
8: That's okay. It's Chartrand. It's okay. French. Chartrand, très bien. Sure. Um, everything. I'm just, I am more of a modern collector, so I, all this stuff is new to me, and it's great. I wish I had it all.
2: Yes. Okay, so the old stuff is new to her. Yeah. I like yes. that. Yes.
8: Exactly. <laughs> Luke, Sky, Luke Skywalker head, though. There's a Luke Skywalker head.
2: I kind of want that. I, we don't oh, even. I hey, Ron. What is? <laughs> a, answer Lauren's question. What is the deal with the gigantic Luke Skywalker head? Are we allowed to talk about it first of all? You mean,
1: the three of them up there. Yeah. Okay, there are three gigantic oh, Luke Skywalker. bro in the '90s was going to do a Luke and Vader, like child-sized buddy figure, which is like had like a cloth body, and then a rotomolded head, and uh, I think Bill McBride has the Darth Vader. If you've ever seen that, and so those are the sculpts. The clay sculpt, the final wax, and then a a casting of the head that was intended for that. They never made it.
2: Wow, that's that's an unproduced, gigantic Luke Skywalker head. (laughs) All right, excellent. (laughs) All right, we're getting some good stuff here, Ron. And then the final one, speaking of people who I'm not always nice to, is from Paul Vigiano. And I had met him at Yehuda's and had extensive conversations with him, except my kids were there and his kids were there. (laughs) And they were all playing together, so like... If his kids were there, I would've been like, oh, there's Paul. But he was there by himself. So I was like, I think I know this guy. Who is this guy? And he was like, Paul. And all of a sudden, everything came came uh, flying back. So this is the penultimate item from Ron's collection. Hey, better do it. All right, so I'm now here with Paul. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, yo. Vigiano. Okay, with Paul Vigiano. And uh, he's gonna tell us what is his favorite, uh, or not favorite, but an item from Rondrelay that he would like to talk about and have Ron address.
7: Oh you know, I'm a big micro-collection fan, and while all the three-and-three-quarter stuff is awesome, uh, you know, seeing the waxes of the Emperor's Guard and uh, some of the other waxes, to me, that just like blew my mind, one-of-a-kind stuff, and uh, actually held it in my hand, which was really cool.
2: That's awesome. So the the Emperor's Guard, yeah, that is pretty nice. The thing is, there's so many things up there, you don't, it's nice to like, find a reason to go there, look at it, get up close to it. All right, thanks, Paul. And then finally, Steve, uh, I made two random observations. The, the first uh, I made right after recording the story with Chris Riley um, about something that just happened to be totally unfeatured in his collection, which would be the grail in most people's collection. I'm actually still here with, with Chris, and it's just kind of fun because we're looking at Ron's uh, collection of carded figures he has down in the basement. And it's kind of a, a real testament to sort of a super old school collector because he doesn't even have a full collection of 12-backs and it's kind of fun because you know obviously he's got original sculpts and stuff like that but hidden amongst this sort of wall of star wars era figures which are all really nice in good condition is a quality control sample sign-off han solo 12-back figure just absolutely insane i i was thinking it could be like the earliest Han Solo proof that is known to exist because I don't know if they ever found a 12-back proof or maybe or not. Someone can correct me on that. But it's just kind of sitting next to a 20-back and next to a Chewbacca 12-back just like it's anything else. And it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, sort of like trying to find an early bird package or something in a pawn shop. It's like there's all these little treasures everywhere except nothing's for sale and there's no uh, crazy gun nuts with uh, opiate problems. Well, there may be a couple again, but they're upstairs. <laughs> and finally, Steve, this is leading perfectly into the unloved area. Aha. Uh-huh. Ron had something which I cannot describe. <laughs> it is homemade. It is beautiful. And I will describe it to you Okay. Um, once, but they're not going to listen to my description of it. I'm just going to hit stop on this and they're going to get to hear the dis- – because what happened was I was leaving. And he was like, nobody mentioned this. And I looked at it, and I instantly fell in love with it. And it's the perfect example of why Rondrelais is such a great collection. Because you can have the alternate sculpt for Zuckus, and you can also have a handmade apron. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, it's the next morning after the show, after the party, and I'm just going around Ron's room taking pictures of things that people said were their favorite. Uh, A lot of things got left out. We lost a lot of soldiers in this fight. But probably the most overlooked, unsung, unloved hero is something that I just saw as I was leaving. It is a. <coughs> I. <coughs> That's Ron coughing in the background. I don't know what it is. Ron, what
1: is this? It's a, a an apron? Yeah, it's like some homemade... Once, one second, it's a... It's like a homemade uh, apron for holding action figures.
2: It's a homemade apron for holding action figures. And it's got like an image it pr- looks like from the uh, from the sheets of Darth Vader sewn on and above it it says my men that is just my men that's beautiful Also, sewn yeah, my
1: mom in. made that thought the cool kid would be
2: cool showing up to play with that but she was probably <laughs> wrong so you thought the mom would think he'd be cool I would think he was cool Ron I think you need to take all of your sculpts and hard copies and put them in there and wear that to Celebration 8 <laughs> All right, party's over, everybody. Let's get back, closely to, to whatever the hell Steve and I are going to say tomorrow.
0: Uh,
2: All right, Steve. So that <laughs> that was the the trip to Rondelet. um
4: Ah, oh, man, I I'm so jealous. One of these days. But you've never seen there. his collection? No. Oh wow. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, it's... I've only been to New York State twice, We're... and only in the city. So I I have it's a much you know overdue trip I need to make out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, we also uh, – you've heard me sort of make reference to Rob Johnson a few times, uh mm-hmm. old-time collector. Um, and he actually works for Lego. Yeah. And he works for Lego Star Wars. And so I actually have an idea, Steve, of having an entire spinoff podcast. I don't think I ever told you about this. <laughs> but of having a spinoff podcast about Lego Star Wars. Um, because Lego Star Wars is absolutely – that's the Kenner of today. It's – yeah. I mean there's nothing it's in all over the place. Um, and so I want to do an episode hopefully over the summer and I don't know if I'll actually like call it a Kivecast. I'll probably put it on the feed but call it something else. I don't know what. But I want to do an episode that's just about Lego. Um, a Lego special. <laughs> a Lego special, yeah. I want to get Rob on there. I want to get my friend Don um, who is just a cool guy that I know who is so obsessed with Lego that he – He makes, like, Lego in different colors. He, like, finds the pieces. So he has, like, Millennium Falcons in, like, four different colors. It's crazy. Um, And then I'd like to get Joker Savage back on because uh, I think he has one of the world's best Star Wars Lego collections. Kind of secretly. Sounds good. In addition to liking Leia Hoth. So that's not the last person we've heard from. We do have to hear uh, from Jason Thomas with his interview about collecting Zuckus. But Steve, yeah. I need more Steve. I need vitamin <laughs> Steve. So uh what's uh, let's, let's uh, say something some uh, something unloved.
4: You don't hate only the unloved hate. The loved and the unnatural, the unloved and the unnatural. So I picked two things. Uh surprise there wasn't a whole lot of uh of zuckus out there um (laughs) but so you know when i can't find anything for our character i kind of i go for a a deep dive
2: yes
4: (laughs) and uh i found this thing which is one of my favorite things i've i've kind of come across in a while it is the star wars canteen (laughs) star wars Uh,
2: canteen
4: yes and canteen (laughs) uh nope nope just canteen um (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's great because when i first when i hear those words this is not at all what i would have thought so what this thing is it's it's kind of like an r two d two ish shaped uh like thermos that that uh the packaging shows this really kind of not i wouldn't say fearsome but it's it's <laughs> it's a a robot in kind of attack mode uh with like a laser beam shooting out of this kind of cannon looking thing from his head which which on the actual thing itself is just the straw, which I found really funny. Um, yeah,
2: it's really hard to describe this. I, yeah, it's it's um, it's
4: nearly impossible. But, um, so yeah, it's it's just one of those bizarre knockoff things, and apparently it's from Thailand. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, you just have to see it to really understand. But uh, I, I don't know. You could probably you, – you're good with words, Sky. Why don't you
2: try and <laughs> describe it better than I can? So, Steve, in order to describe this box, I would say as thus. It says Star Wars on it. First of all, it says Star Wars. Yes. The wars is in a Star Wars font. The S is not. And there's no. a, a star in the middle of A. Yes, <laughs> Which makes me realize that actually they were quite restrained when they did not put a star in the middle of the A in Star Wars. Yeah. Good job, Star Wars. On the box is a sort of rectangular uh sort of an ob- uh cylindrical silver robot with two arms. Like these little claws that look like those little things in Super Mario World that only Yoshi can jump on. If you right. know what I'm talking about, you know, you, you, you can't destroy them, those little hateful things.
4: It's kind of like the special loose sarlac, Sarlacc. You can't destroy it now.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the Sarlacc mouth, too. Good. <laughs> and then its head has like a gun shooting out. It's actually the straw... Right. of the canteen. But it's a canteen that would not like a standard canteen, but a canteen no. you would find in a lunchbox. Yes. Right. And uh how have I never seen this? Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Like I I have how have I never seen this before? Um and It says it's made in Thailand. It says canteen. It's, it has the French word as well, gourd. Mhm. It has a beautiful space scape with like Saturn um setting <laughs> on the horizon and an Earth-like planet with rings around it. Maybe it's some kind of halo thing. Um, (laughs) It looks like Uranus is behind him as well. That's not a joke about Zuckus' face. Um, (laughs) On the back, it's just straight blue with black 70s text on it. Mm -hmm. And Here are the instructions for how to use the canteen. Push up from the front edge of cover to open as figure one. Press the top of cover to close, not the front edge as figure two. For cleaning... A, press part A to remove straw. B, to remove cover from battery, half close the cover to press part B and push to one side to get point one out, parentheses, and next to point two. <laughs> this is the most complicated looking I thing. This is, this is why IKEA just shows pictures. Yes. This is a water <laughs> delivery system. And it has all these descriptions. It has a, this whole schematic on it. Uh, wow. And even more mysterious than this, it's written by John Alvarez. Yes. It says it's from 1977. And it says it's from the collection of Bizonas. <laughs> B-I-Z-O-N-A-S. Listen, yeah. Christo Agulias, you're sitting there listening to us and either you're laughing or smiling because you know everything. How how do I not know who Bizonas is? Is he a Thailand collector Is he a scutinette for somebody? It's the only...
4: He only has one item in his collection on the archive, too. Yes. And
0: I think this is the
2: only... Duncan Jenkins, is this the only vintage item from Thailand? Yeah, I think it is. There's lots of other stuff from Thailand, but it's all modern.
4: Yeah, this is a... It's a doozy. (laughs) Wow, Steve.
2: And it has the number 340 on it. Right, yeah, so on the
4: actual thing, it's kind of, like, teal-colored, and it has a great... <laughs> it has a very, you know, like, the colorful label, like, you'd find on one of the vintage, like, spaceships. Yeah. And it just says Canteen in English with uh, the letter, or the number's 340 on right. it, for whatever that means. Who knows?
2: <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Bizarre. Well, that's great. Maybe we can get John on the show sometime again, too. Yeah, cause, uh, yeah. Because he... You know, Joe's the, the bootleg expert, and I think John sold mm, all of his bootlegs, but John definitely has a ton of information that uh, that we should get. I really wish I knew the name of those stupid things in, in Mario. <laughs> God, But like, how do you look that up? You know? I, I
4: don't know. There's got to be like a, a Mario Wikipedia or something, but how to find
2: that specific thing? Good luck. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know. Oh, wait. No, not Dino Torch. Maybe it wasn't from Super Mario World. The funny thing is, I'm sure there's Mario heads out there listening who are going absolutely crazy <laughs> screaming at yes. their phone. Yes, Because we're like, who's who's that guy, you know? That guy, <laughs> the thing. Okay. We're, we're out of our element there. Yes, yeah. we are out of our element, Donnie. Um, <laughs> I think probably bef- – should we do the Jason interview before or after the Market Watch? Um why don't we why don't we do it before? okay, so like right now, yeah, okay, so let's talk to Jason Thomas, uh one of the uh three founders of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club, along with Mike the Massive and Tom O'Neill, mm. um Tom Quinn <laughs> <laughs> there, Tom, I said your name wrong, so do something great with the club <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, you know, in the begin, like I was there at the beginning, but I consider myself to be something like uh, the United States in Vietnam in 1964. I was there sort of an, as an advisory role. Um, oh God, let's hope it doesn't go down <laughs> further
4: that road, Sky. You might want to switch your
2: <laughs> my analogy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think of myself as like a a serial killer stalked outside your house, like looking to see when you're asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now
4: I was already the dictator of the, the California club. Yes. The, the, the usurper, but. Yeah, yeah you are.
2: <laughs> you're, you're the Paul Pot of California. <laughs> um. So, good. So, let's get to uh, the interview with what it's like and why one would collect, why one would bring the Zuckus.
6: Shaolin shadow boxing and the Wu Tang sword style. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu Tang could be dangerous. Do you think your Wu-Tang
1: sword can defeat me? I'm God. I'll let you
3: try my Wu-Tang style. Bring them ruckus. Bring them ruckus. Bring them ruckus. Bring them all of ruckus. Go face, catch the blast of a hype verse My clock burst, leaving a hearse, I did burst. I come rough, tough like an elephant us Your head rough, fly like Egyptian musk my go we had state to stake. And if you want beat them bring the walkers Wu-Tang ain't nothing, bring the walkers Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing, the Alright, so
2: I'm now going downstairs into Ron's basement There's not many people here So I'm just gonna have a seat here with Jason Thomas, and talk about the figure of the month, which amazingly enough is Zuckus, and Jason just happens to be here. How are you doing, Jason? Uh, good, thanks. How are you doing, Sky? Doing well. Uh, you got a little bit sunburned. We're hanging out on Ron's, uh, Ron's porch. It is very sunny out.
9: Yeah, it's, uh, for after a long winter, it's like the first hot day, it feels like. All right, so, so let's, get, let's get to Zuckus. So first of all, you only collect
2: Zuckus, or do you also collect Forlom? Uh, o- only Zuckus. Okay, and
9: when we say Zuckus, you mean Zuckus, the weird robot guy. E- exactly. And uh, just earlier we were talking about Zuckus and how there's some uh, rumor that he's going to be in, uh, in the new Rogue One. Yes. But my fear is that they're going to do the whole, uh, they're, they're going to do f- what I consider to be for LOM. Oh, no. They
2: wouldn't do that because now vintage exploitation is all in. So there's no way they would say that, oh, they're not going to go with the mistake that Lucas made because according to Disney and everybody, anything George Lucas did after 1983 was wrong. So I bet they would actually make it Zuckus and they, and they would return it back to be that way. So what, what makes you a Zuckus collector? Why would you decide to,
9: to, to collect Zuckus? Well, I've been asked that question several times why I was attracted to Zuckus. in Empire I know he didn't do much but in Tales of the Bounty Hunters when I that really turned me on the story was so cool and uh, now wait a minute though but Zuckus in Tales of the Bounty Hunters is for long I, I, I know, but in in my brain, I, Zuckus is only Zuckus, and I, I get you know the switch was done. But so, so then me, you read the story, of,
2: and in the story it said Forlorn, but you knew they were really talking about Zuckus, and that's what you liked.
9: Or, right? I mean, you know, I, 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 back back when I read it, I realized that they did the name switch, but but for me, uh, our Zuckus, that that story is really cool, and our Zuckus it has, uh, I say he, but it it has armor that that's when i was a kid i thought it was armor you know but i realized it's a what c-3po right yeah it's just a c-3po body but you know dark um you know big gun you know standing there and I, i i got a zuckus figure when i was a kid uh so as i got older i just thought it was a cool sculpt you know
2: yeah so so what was the
9: what was the backstory for zuckus in the book um Cause he's oh. he's
2: is he like an assassin robot or something?
9: Yeah. So so now I I haven't read that book since it came, came out. So. Okay. So you just remember you liked it. That's fine. But but uh, you know, they uh, eventually they joined four uh, uh, LOM and Zuckus. They joined the rebellion, and in the book four uh, four LOM, he was this brutally um, calculating robot that would. Like, like killed his masters, or somehow I, I can't remember. did he overwrite the programming, or something like that? But in a, and then Zuckus was a Gand that breathed uh, was it breathes ammonia, and uh, and he always had to wear his mask. Uh, and then he had injured in the, in the story he had injured his lungs, I guess. Um, so at the end of it, they joined the re- rebellion. Okay, so they're actually secretly good guys. I don't I don't know.
2: That's my problem with the whole Tales from the Cantina and all that, where it's all like, Hammerhead's a nice guy, Zuckus is a nice guy. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can really go with that. Okay, so so one of my favorite questions to ask of, uh, of focus collectors is, is there sort of a particular Zuckus that is harder to find that you wouldn't necessarily think, a certain card back combination or movie card? Like, what
9: is a surprising thing we don't know about collecting Zuckus? Well, uh, well that... That we don't know. Uh, well, most people know that the 47 back, I think I've known of only one production, one that existed, uh, that that sold. I remember when it came up and it went pretty quickly. Wow. Do you remember what it sold for? Three grand back then, I think that was o nine or or ten that was 09. all right, so that you know we can add an extra zero on the end of that
2: <laughs> now, is there anything maybe like more production so like so if you were to be a zuckus collector, you'd sort of what just get a the sort of all the different forty eight backs and
9: well, yeah, and you know the, one of the hardest, of course there's the lily letty that was that was hard to find and and but you can get the card backs. Uh, well, I think, you know, if you. when I say it's easy, it's not really, I guess, easy. But if you're patient, 6 to 12 months, you can come up with a Zuckus Lily Letty card back. Um, and then you also have uh, the one of the hardest ones. There was uh, General Mills, a German one. And
3: okay. then
9: uh, there's Clipper. Uh, Clipper, I think it was... M- m- Mine had uh, has export stickers on it, so it was Palatoy. But it, it's an actually legit uh, Clipper card back, but it also has the Clipper. I, I guess there were export uh, stickers. Okay, so I export stickers and maybe like, like a little wraparound, like a little sticker on there as well. Yep, and with the with the catalog also on the back, so it was was pretty unique. Uh, so I have that one. That one I haven't seen another one like it. So. Wow, that's cool, and then uh, if if uh, and also uh, Tom Tom
2: Quinn has come down to join us. Okay. Because Tom Tom and Jason are they're the they're the other two parts of the troika that that founded. The... Is it fair for me to to throw Mike into there as oh, the absolutely. as the as the the triumvirate? Maybe we should call you guys that. Anyway, uh, so so you've been what's been what's your See, this is the weird thing about talking to, to focus collectors is I don't really want to ask a grail question because that's in my lightning round. Tom, what's a question I should be asking Jason?
7: Um, Jason, what is the one item that you sold that you wish you did not sell?
2: Ah, because Jason does... Jason, you will sell Zuckus items from time to time. So he's a, he's a focus collector who is willing to sell, which is pretty well,
9: rare. No, I, th- that is true and untrue. I mean, you know, when you need cash to do something and then you know i'm not wealthy enough to be like oh wow the price of this went from $500 when i paid for it to $3500 and all of a sudden i'm like oh well the head pull test was one of my favorite uh, things to own because the torso was different color. Even okay, so was- so you
2: had a a pre production item that was a head pull test. So I imagine it was just the torso and the head.
9: It was, and uh, what Ron and I back when I had it, um, we talked about how somebody had added the arms and the legs to it, which was common, I believe, in the nineties. People did uh, so somebody had added those. Of course, that wasn't something that was done at Kenner, uh, and I just left it that way because I didn't want to start. Pulling off limbs and uh, risk anything happening to the torso and head right and so that's something is that the thing you regret most selling you know I, I don't regret selling it, but it was it was a cool cool piece so um but one thing i one of the the things that I won't sell I have my uh, the zuus the unarts um, I have i don't know forty forty five and so forty five unarticulated Polish Zuckus, Zuckai. That is correct. I have a bunch of other Zuckai that are uh, <laughs> articulated, but my favorites are the Unarts. And uh, then I have a – I guess with other figures in the Polish line, Zuckus blasters came, and they came in different colors. And I have a rainbow, uh, three different types of reds, and there's purple. And I Now, just, now why do you say Unart? Well, you know, some, some people with unarticulated ones, they – I remember going to Celebration six, 6 and I said, oh, you know, um, and, and I got corrected by several of the dealers and they said, oh, it's unart.
2: But it's unarticulated. It's from the English word. It's not I, some fancy Polish word. Yeah,
7: it's a very easy word.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, it's I, like, no, no, these aren't card backs. They're they're Kurd bays. Oh, do you like my Kurd bays? Oh
9: <laughs> <laughs> I, but I swear legit I, it's not a bootleg, it's a bootleg. A <laughs> bootleg <laughs> Hey, ma- maybe it was some of these guys that deal with the they, – they sell the unarticulated figures out of uh, Poland and they call them unarts because that's their accent. OK. I, I
2: see. So so no. the Polish –
9: But these weren't Polish. OK. I... dudes I was buying from Right. Them.
2: I got it. So what must have happened was we called them Polish unarticulated. Right. And then, they, then we would go and ask people in Poland, do you have unarticulated? And then they would say – and then they would say with their pronunciation, yes, we have one unarticulated and yeah. so then they would just
9: call them unarts right. okay so i, I know that sounds ridiculous but hey i've been i don't know what has it been eight nine years that i've been dealing with these and collecting them so. all right
2: well hey we'll we'll go with unarts or unarts
9: no. or it's <laughs> i
2: think on, on, unart on, on is is good trade in the lightning round okay (laughs) all right well in that case we're gonna we're gonna go backwards then we're of course going to start with the question that i like to ask that no one likes to answer which is what is your favorite bad line from the star wars movie
0: Uh,
2: again mine is
9: pilot land over there by that assembly area uh um i don't know when han solo says it's a weapons malfunction
2: Okay. All right. Good. Uh, and then now we're going to uh, to Tom's question. So uh, I, w- I wonder if if that is a Holy Grail question. Is that a whole? I guess that is. So so do you have a a general Holy Grail or a, a Zuckus Holy Grail? Uh,
9: uh, uh, a Zuckus Holy Grail. There were uh, there are some pieces. I think it's a head and, and a leg. It's parts. It's not a whole figure. There was a, a first sculpt of the Zuckus. And I think it's it's Dynacast, or uh, but in any event, you know, you go on the archive, you can you can see it. Uh, but I love that head; it's a different sculpt of the head. Really, so it's an alternate
2: sculpt of the Zarkus head. Yes. You know, I'm actually trying to remember Steve's notes for the show, and I think that was the nugget from the archive. So we may get to that. Um, and then, if your uh, beautiful house was burning down in some kind of uh, uh, what, what would, how would his house burn down, Tom? What would be the cause of that? Oh, I'm
7: tortured, definitely. Okay, if
2: Tom burns down <laughs> your house and, and you had to get one item
9: from there, what, what, what would you get? Um, my my case of uh, unarticulated. Of Unarts? Yeah, of Unarts. <laughs> and, and while we're on the
2: process of naming things, do we agree that the plural of Zuckus is Zuckai? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, Scott. that's great. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> U- yeah. I, I only buy Unadzukai. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that's good. So you're the Unadzukai guy, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that turned somebody on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then finally, my favorite question if you were a vintage Star Wars item, not which one would you like to be, but which one do you actually think you would be? What vintage Star Wars item best reflects you as a human being?
9: Holy cow.
2: Now, I've asked this of a lot of people. I forget what was your answer, Tom? You you said something maybe like a collector case because you like to bring people together. I remember it was so- wow. No, no, uh, no, no no no. You were a You were – Tom was a uh, rebel transport because he likes to bring people together. M.A. Takeda in Japan was a rebel transport because he was empty inside. (laughs) So – and those those were their lines. So So. – And and I only ever answered that question on uh, Bobby Bob's um, Vintage Star Wars Collector blog post, so you guys can go read that. Uh, even though they did the other podcasts, not ours, but that's just because I haven't asked him because I always forget to ask people to be on. Like I always forget to ask uh, Jason, and then here he is. So here we go.
9: I, I'm just trying to buy him time so he can think of his what, answer. Can you what, tell Tom? It's, it's, it's really it's really I I'd, I'd be a sand crawler because I love this. It's like, when I was a kid, it was like a tank. So that's why I have a, a few more than a few sand crawlers um but uh i was also fascinated with banthas. but they didn't make banthas because i loved elephants when i was a kid okay so i always thought it sucked that they didn't make a um a bantha to go with some of my stuff.
2: Okay, so then the, what, what you represent, there's kind of like a, a longing in, in what represents you because it's not the thing you, you actually want. So I would imagine, I don't know you that well, but if you did a sort of psychological study of yourself, you'd find <laughs> that, that that's one of the things at the heart of you where you're, you're hoping to find something that's close to what you want, but it's not quite what you want. Sure, yeah. All right. Is, is that right, Tom? I mean, you, you know him better, right?
7: Smoking like a French. That's philosophy. right. Smoking
2: like a French philosophy professor. <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, hey. what would you ask somebody who only collected zuckus? Why? Uh, we've already answered why.
3: <laughs>
2: All right. Thanks, Jason. Uh, thanks a lot. Let's Yaggity,
3: yaggity, to and you
2: want beat them the ain't not- One dollar flicks. Market Watch. All right. Um, that was one of our shorter collector interviews, Steve. But uh, at that point, I believe the cognac and jalapeno poppers had started taking their toll. That, that
4: combination still frightens me in, in concept. Um, I'm Do you, sure do you know it's... why,
2: Steve? Because you're, <laughs> you're, you're part of the California club and you're soft. <laughs> That's why. Oh, man. California collectors can't hold their liquor. That's all I'm no. saying. No, no. <laughs>
4: Especially not the cognac.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Steve, I have intentionally not – isn't this cool doing a show where we don't have anyone else to talk to? Well, it's uh, in,
4: in terms of like just energy and like gas in the tank, I feel pretty good, right? Well, it's, I mean,
2: we are just because for the listeners, this has been a couple hours, but for right. us, it's been like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. And we're just yeah. like blowing through this. That's fun. <laughs> and there's still lots of good content for our listeners, you know?
4: I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So you were saying you, you intentionally did you not look at any of these market
2: watch engines? Yes. I did not okay. look at the market watch at all.
4: All right, so uh, we're going. We're going. Blix is right then.
2: Yes. The, okay. Oh yes, one dollar. Blix Blix is right. <clears throat>
4: um, or if this is just Sky guesses and I say how far you're off. Yeah, probably that too. <laughs> okay. Um. So. Uh. So Mike sent in uh, about. I think I got five uh, Empire carded Zuckus figures here. Um, for our market watch. Um. First up is a uh, forty-eight back A AFA eighty-five uh, unpunched figure. Um,
2: okay, so that sounds like essentially the best possible Zuckus you could get. Debut, it's offerless. Debut yep. card, offerless, eighty-five. So I'm I'm starting to get into the mind of the modern collector, Steve. I'm mm-hmm. starting to think about the way things are going down. Yeah, and there's all these people out there. I don't mean to be a jerk. I don't think they're listening to this show. But there's a lot of people out there. If you are, if you're someone who collects straight 85s and you listen to the show, email skycast at gmail.com and say, Sky, you're a jerky snob. <laughs> um, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Or just that's... put it on the Facebook or whatever. I don't know. What's going on, Steve? <laughs> What's going on with the whole hobby? It's all right. It's okay, Sky. Oh, you know, I, always... I want to say one more thing too, Steve. Okay. Um, so you were on the other podcast.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it was last a week ago or so. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a terrible interviewee, so I'm, I'm hoping that they can do something decent with it, but, um, it was fun. It, I have to say it was very strange not having you there. I, it was very <laughs> bizarre. Um, but
2: but I enjoyed it. So we'll we'll see if um if anything good comes of it. And I can't wait to hear it because Steve is awesome and those guys are awesome. And whether or not I have some kind of weird psychological problems <laughs> that I just explained <laughs> is unimportant. What is important is I want beef, I want to bring the zuckus. Yes. I think I understand about AFA, straight eighty fives. <laughs> I am going to bet that someone spent one thousand three hundred dollars on this.
4: Wow. Okay. So, hey, you got a bargain here. Seven hundred and thirty-nine.
2: Seven hundred thirty-nine dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
4: <laughs> um.
2: So theoretically, that's as much as you could spend on a Zarkis, I'm gonna guess.
4: Yeah. So that that's that's uh, I'll give you a hint there. That is the high end of this of this scale. Um. So up next we have a, another uh, eighty-five. Um. So this is a a forty-eight A. Just another forty-eight A eighty-five. Uh. I'm punched. We have two here. So, first one went for seven, what was it, seven thirty nine? What do you think a second one, a couple, like a week or two later, went for? Five hundred. Five seventy six. Okay. Right, so, that you're, you're, you're getting your, your, uh, target on here. Okay. Up next, we've got, let's see. Hey, a forty eight B. Nice. My kingdom. Yes, this is this is your your territory here. Um, it's not graded, but based on the picture, it's uh, it's unpunched. The uh, it looks the bubble looks pretty clear. It looks like the edge might be a little bit yellow. Um, otherwise, it looks pretty nice.
2: <sighs> if it's over two, if it's under a hundred dollars, I'm gonna be annoyed. Two hundred dollars. Two ninety nine. Okay, good. I wouldn't have yeah. paid that much. <laughs> All right.
4: So you let that one go. Um, there was another. Uh, so this is a, another forty eight B. This one's in a little bit rougher shape. The, the bubble is is definitely starting to yellow, and the the punch is like
2: half torn out. Oh no! <laughs> this is something I would want. Yeah. This this is. Uh oh. One hundred and thirty.
4: 133. Nice. Ooh, Good job. All right, I probably wouldn't spend you... much. <laughs> so this this is not in your in your collection. No, it is not. Uh, is, are you still on the one the 148B? No, dude. <laughs> well, no, you a have a few. I
2: all got Hey, right, all right. I got uh I got Chewie. You know? <laughs> yeah. I got Rebel Commander. Okay. And uh, uh I think I got a Stormtrooper. Yeah, I got the stormtrooper. <laughs> Alright, then you're well on your way.
4: That's yeah. that's good to hear. Um
2: <laughs> I got two of the first twelve.
4: Yeah. Not bad. Um okay. So our last uh figure is a forty eight C, so that's the, the printed offer. Uh it's not graded. Um looks in pretty nice shape, it's got the punch still, and the bubble looks clear
2: hundred and ninety three dollars
4: three hundred and eight wow yeah so um yeah your 48 bees would have would have been a little easier for you but, yes um so there you have it that's that's a, a sample of five esb zuckus is zuckuses <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome so that that was our uh our brisbane brisbane mic update
4: Yeah. yeah. And so for this month, Pete, actually, he did kind of an editorial on on toy shows, which is which is a fun read. I guess he was probably at that uh, the Kane County show that happened this last weekend. So he wrote a little piece on that. But um, yeah, as far as the straight market watch, we got those those five from Mike.
2: All right. Awesome. Well, go to go to the blog and read Fantastic Pete's uh, write up. We're not going to read it to you. Nah, that's that's what the blog's for right the blog is still rocking and rolling and i think the last thing that leaves for us is feedback yep i have not here at the kivecast we really do care you can email us at kivecast at gmail.com twitter us at kivecast or join us up on our facebook page we really do care Hey Steve, we got a lot of feedback this month. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> this is good. You know, I I want to actually go to KiveCast at gmail dot because people have been emailing. So it's good to hear. So let's talk about that then. Um, first of all, uh, Steve, you've actually been called out. Oh boy! Well, we've both been called out in a way. Oh, okay, um, Robert. I, Alse, Alce? Robert Als, Robert Als. Anyways, I don't know how to say his last name, but uh, he just listened to episode 57, and I love this. If you listen to old episodes and you want to let us know, just do it, because they are audio magazines. So whenever you pick one up, write one in. And he says, I do enjoy listening to you and Steve. I find the guest spots to be really enjoyable. Having Ron and Chris on, riff off and on each other is priceless, and each share both witty and interesting stories. I have to say though, the vintage snobbery gets really annoying as I consider myself an absolute fanboy. Currently I'm trying to complete the initial run of the vintage set, only four to go. I do have some variants here and there. I've read the comics, books, and watched all the shows and movies and love every bit of it. I try to embrace it as a whole. Where the snobbery gets annoying is with that the vintage stuff is the end-all be-all and there's no room for expansion. For me, it is a chance to expand my childhood passion and share it with my 1.5 kids. I'm sure there's a story there. Yeah. Each episode <laughs> gets better and better, and I do appreciate some of the oddball episodes, like the Largon Gargan episode, classic and hilarious. Thank you for the <laughs> podcast. You, may, you guys make being in the office designing websites tolerable. See, attached my modest setup. And he sent a cool picture of his collection, along with a little world's best daddy underneath. <clears throat> <laughs> so I'd like to say this. Robert, I completely agree. Steve's behavior is completely insufferable,
7: deplorable.
2: You see, this is the thing. this This is why this is why the show is a little bit tricky, right? It would make a lot more sense if Steve were the person who embraced all of Star Wars, and I was the vintage snob because I am the jerk snob in every other way in this ep- in this show. It happens to be that Steve is the person who looks down his nose at anything that was done after 1985. But I agree. I hope you know that that it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing when when we make fun (laughs) of Star Wars. But it is also a reality that especially among the sort of first wave of vintage collectors, very few of them embrace Star Wars after 1997, right? Like once the special editions came out, most of them just said – none of it's any good and you know maybe some of them have come back and they like Force Awakens or whatever that's like um, me yeah but there is definite snobbery <laughs> I live with it all the time when I sit there and try to explain to them why why episode 2 is the worst Star Wars movie but it is still a great movie and it's better than Spider-Man Steve that came out the same year you know do you ever I didn't think really... about Spider-Man 1 <laughs> not really no nobody does because those <laughs> movies are dispensable they are dispensable even ant-man even avengers when it comes out oh it's the greatest thing captain america civil war ooh look black falcon is fighting black widow is fighting specter whatever that <laughs> whatever it is in 5 years you're going to forget it you're going to be on to the next garbagey comic book movie and star wars episode 2 attack of the clones is still going to be just as beautiful just as problematic just as interesting it's going to be sitting there I, I gotta Wars, say this, yeah. yeah, It,
4: I wouldn't say, I mean, you're absolutely right in the sense that I think about Star Wars movies more than any, just because I don't necessarily maybe praise them as much as you do. I mean, right. it's, I love thinking and talking about them, and yeah, no, it's it's totally, you're totally right. Uh, that Spider-Man movie, when you think about it, it came out right around the same time. It's, yeah, it, it, I think it, about it, episode it, two, it, it's still like a... It's like a life point,
2: you know. Well, well, well. This is the thing, right? When Star Wars came out and everyone hated it, Matrix had come out just before it. it was ah, like, Everyone yeah. should make movies like Matrix. That's the way science fiction should be with guns and black trench coats and people talking. <laughs> talking like this is somehow not lamer than Jar Jar. I would put forth, Mister Smith, that Mister Smith is ten times stupider than Jar Jar. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Steve.
4: Um, Mr. Smith is
2: the worst villain in any movie because he is essentially comic book guy from Simpsons.
4: (laughs) He, uh, I will say, uh, as that went on, it got.
2: (laughs) <laughs> so so that was the thing. That was the future yeah. of science fiction. And then 2002, Attack of the Clones isn't even the number one movie because Sony released Spider-Man, which is yeah. a fine movie. It's fine. Huh. It's okay. It's got its upsides. It's got its downsides. I loved how... You know, it was basically seminal fluid instead of webs and all that stuff. But you know what? They're going to make another one, and they're going to make another one, and they're going to make another one, and they're going to make another one. one. Just like they're going to make another Captain America. Just like they're going to make another whatever. There's something about those Star Wars that that have real lasting power, even if a lot of that is lasting badness. Like pilot Land over there by that assembly area. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking today, because I was listening to making Star Wars... uh, their podcast. Now, this is what I call podcasting or whatever. Yeah. And I was thinking about how, if you watch, this is not about toys. This is just about whatever. You're listening to feedback, so you want to hear us talk. Um, about how George Lucas talked about Yoda. And when he talked about Yoda, he was always like, uh, if this doesn't work, you know, the whole thing is not going to work. <laughs> and he said it with this kind of fear. Yeah. When he talks about Anakin being a little kid, and especially when he talks about Jar Jar. In the episode one documentaries, he Mm -hmm. says the same thing like, oh, you know, if it doesn't work, uh, the whole thing's not going to work. But he doesn't (laughs) say it with that fear. He actually says it with a confidence like, oh, yeah, I think I know what's going to happen here.
4: That's a different George Lucas. I mean, yes. Yeah. But It's it's a
2: fascinating story. The reaction that he feared from Yoda is precisely the reaction that he got from Jar Jar. Mm hmm. And one can only imagine what would have happened if people reacted to Yoda the way they responded to Jar Jar. (laughs) Yeah, it's. Um, So, anyways, that's just, uh, that's, hey, that's my movie thought. I didn't do one at the beginning of the movie. That's true, hey. Oh, well, there goes the format. Who cares? (laughs) Ah, It doesn't matter. According to Rob, it's classic when we're, when we're largan (laughs) gargan. So, there we are addressing, uh, addressing vidget snobbery. it is not the be-all, end-all. It is, however, the main focus of our podcast. And that's, 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 that's true. That's one of the main reasons we don't do it. There's lots of great podcasts out there about Star Wars. It and used, and uh, it, like modern collecting. Yeah, too. and modern collecting. It used yeah. to be there was no other podcast that only did uh, Vintage. Um, yeah. Now, we're not the only one. Uh, we're still the first one. <laughs> we will continue to be the first one. <laughs> um, I think some months will be the best one. I think some months will be the second or third best one, uh, depending on which month you listen to. I think this month, Steve, we're going to be the second best one. Do you know why? <laughs> why is that? Because you're on Vintage Rebellion. <laughs> oh, there it sad. is. The nicest thing I've said to you. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Um, <laughs> we also got an email from what can, one can only assume is another Swede. Bjorn uh, Terring. Something I really want to know is why the French hate the TIE pilot. Oh, boy. Not on any Meccano, ESB, or Return of the Jedi card. What's up with that? Hmm. Is that true? There are tons of super lame figures. Uh, there are tons of super lame figures made, but not the tie pilot. Why? They should have done a French version that smelled of cheese instead of strawberry shortcake. <laughs> it was that the figure debuted on a card back, and he was not f- f- pictured, featured on the back of the card back in the group picture. Okay. So yeah, that's very interesting. I never really thought about that. So Yoda. Uh, Zuckus, Forlom and the TIE fighter pilot boy this might go deeper Steve now that I think about <laughs> it because it's these three figures these three sort of mysterious figures yeah
4: hmm. okay. it's that weird transition period
2: yep um, let's see and we had tons of feedback on rebel scum we did Yeah. which uh, is actually one of our healthiest responses in a while on rebel scum yeah, I'm actually starting to get the sense people are listening to the show, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it feels like they are and sometimes they're not. Uh, let's see. Bruce liked the show. That's good. Uh, Guido didn't shoot. Said it was the best show in a long time. Um, what's nice was uh, Richard Hutchinson, longtime space freak, liked having Grant on there, which is cool because he's the, he's the, one of the hosts of the uh, Vintage Rebellion. Um, Ron typed up something, but God, can we really include more Ron stuff on here?
4: <laughs> what do you think, Steve? Uh, let's see. Let me look at this again. Oh, this, this kind of ties into the, um, the Death squad commander stuff, okay, right? Go
2: for it, Steve. Tell us.
4: Okay. So I, we, I think brought up that, uh, that picture of the, uh, some of the early mocked up figures. So for... The uh, Death Squad commander it was kind of a, a black-looking um, stormtrooper, which I think I might have said in the last... You know, maybe it was a TIE pilot. And so Ron and, and Chris, gee, both kind of go into that a bit on here. Um, <coughs> Ron was thinking... What do they say? Yeah, so, um, let's see. Yeah, so the, the, those early mock-ups were in the Toys catalog, and Ron says that either they didn't have time to mock up a, a DSC, so they grabbed a stormtrooper mock-up and painted it black, or something else happened. I guess it's possible that at some point in time they considered doing a TIE pilot. It would make sense as the TIE vehicle was, was out or would be out soon. Uh, based on the one photo showing 11 of the first 12 lined up um, in a box with the corresponding photos, I would say the initial plan was to debut with 11 figures. When they added another, or why they added another, as, no, as anyone's guess, uh, the 2D mock-up uh, of Gus's must be the earliest piece of uh, DSC material out there. And it shows that, at one point, they were thinking of making it uh, a double as a, rob- a Rebel Blockade Runner trooper. To which uh, Chris responds, um, Never would have thought about that potentially being a TIE pilot uh, and repurposed as the DSC. By that time, the Stormtrooper had been sculpted, and it's actually, I think it's pictured, the regular figures in there. Uh, so they would have an easy thing to, uh, uh, easy base to work from. Uh, they definitely used the Fisher-Price parts on it, and it makes way more sense that way. Um. And then he goes to show that before that, uh, let's see. This is this is getting deep here.
2: Yeah, well, yeah well, I guess pretty deep here. I think one of the main things that, that we're finding that's interesting is this idea that the rebel squad, there was going to be a rebel soldier, you know, from the Tantive Four, right, and that they essentially just changed it to be the Death Squad commander, like mm-hmm. a, a little change, almost like just a paint change. Yeah, yeah, and he was saying that's because Kenner realized they needed more bad guys. Right, and right. if you think about it, that's true. Mm-hmm. They really did have a problem with. I mean, uh, speaking of vintage snobbery, you had the opposite problem with the prequels. It's like, how many different bad guys do you need? Um, <laughs> this is Dooku, Vader, Palpatine, Grievous. Um, but you know, you have the stormtroopers. And then that's kind of it, you know, and, and Vader. So yeah, that that makes sense that they do that. Only problem is, I actually think I think this is Kenner's biggest mistake. Wait, you were Not having to, the, the Rebel Fleet you, trooper. You're supposed or? to go ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. Ooh, yeah. So I think it is because when I was a kid, I didn't care at all about uh Tarkin, right? I mean that's right. that's a that's a moot point. And I didn't need the Gerindian, the spy, and I didn't need even I didn't even really care about uh about uh about all the Cantina characters. But what I loved most about Star Wars was the opening scene with the stormtroopers fighting the rebel troopers. Yeah. And that's yeah. just there's inherent play in that. I, right. I I never really knew how to play with the Death Squad commander. <laughs> Besides bowling. So Yes right um and uh david tree uh fresh off the cool thing is he actually just had a uh a furthest From festival yeah so that's pretty cool that uh, all these things are happening it's like wherever you live there's an awesome thing happening um so what what did uh, what did he say steve
4: so uh, he he made a point of, of making his comments on the blog which is awesome
2: yeah <laughs> you know we do have a blog we do <laughs> um
4: so he wanted to drop a line with respect to the, the pallet toy pilot strawberry shortcake story, which for once I, we should say you were, I was, you know, wrong. I guess Thai pilots didn't smell. <laughs> you were, you were completely right. But, um, <laughs> uh, so, so Dave is, uh, chiming in here on, on the strawberry shortcake thing. Um, so he says it's never been proven that it's connected to star Wars toys, but it's documented that it did happen to action man, which is the UK 12 inch GI Joe. Um, so the essence was combined with the SAS key figure accessories, which it's not an ideal feature uh, to representation of the UK's special forces. <laughs> um, so the problem was eliminated by putting the products into a microwave oven on high. Um, and he says he's asked if something similar uh, happened to the Thai pilot's <laughs> BlackBerry, but there's no actual documentation to support it happened. Though one former uh, Palatoy designer said it might be possible. Huh. Um, so that's that's kind of funny. Um, let's see. Let's see. I'm going to go a little bit further here. So falling in the same area, area, one of the most overlooked and amazing oddball related items related to the Action Force toys uh, from Palatoy. So in 1984, they created a bad guy spaceship called the Robo Skull, which is just great. Um,
2: okay, the Robo Skull. Okay, yes. So you got to – this thing is amazing. It <laughs> – it, Oh, my God. You know, I... Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Isn't it great? I haven't opened this up until right now. Yeah. It's like a TIE fighter, but yes. the cockpit is a skull. Right. We... <laughs> it's things totally... coming out of its eyes. Yeah. And you is... can open up its head, and it's got a fighter on the inside of it. Yeah. I need Skull right now.
4: Yeah. It, you know, it's... In some angles, like, the, the deco of the wings almost look like the, the new TIE Fighters, that kind of inverse color. Right. Um, but this thing is insane.
2: Okay, <laughs> I, I am looking up eBay right now for <laughs> RoboSkull. I need to play with one. I, I I need to own one. I, uh... Okay, there's none for sale. I,
4: I guess they're <laughs> rare. I, I, I mean, it. it's it's amazing. Um... And what's more, so it had a pilot that was supposed to go with it.
2: What was the pilot's name?
4: <laughs> so the the original one was Skeletron, but that wow. was used as a, as a mail-away figure instead. So they created a new pilot called Red Wolf. Uh, <laughs> so he's you know similar in scale and articulation to the kind of Star Wars figures. Uh, this action force bad guy was clearly influenced by the TIE uh, pilot in a similar way that the, uh, the Robo-Skull is influenced by the, the TIE Fighter. Um, so it's got a helmet with the snout-like and crest feature with the connecting hoses to a little box on its torso. Um, and then he shares a, a side-by-side comparison uh, of the figures, and it's like, oh, my God. It's just like a, it's like a metal version of the of the TIE Pilot. Like, this would be in um, that, that crazy animated movie Heavy
2: Metal. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, this... (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I didn't know anything about the Robo-Skull or Skeletron. It really is like you took a 15-year-old kid who's listening to Iron Maiden (laughs) and he's sitting in his room and he's like, you know, really good at art but he doesn't really apply himself. Yeah. But he just kind of gets this idea of how to turn a TIE fighter into this cool like bitching skull. Right and he does the drawing and all of his friends say it's amazing and his mom comes in and is like if you just apply yourself i mean <laughs> if you just <laughs> apply yourself love you'd be able to go to university on an award scholarship and he's just like shut up shut up slag off mom and like and he just puts the drawing up on his on his on his wall and then he goes to sleep and at night through the power of magic and metal, it flies off <laughs> of his of his of his wall, and it comes to life in the form of this toy, Steve. Yes, wow, yeah, it's it's great. Um, snag uh, off, mom. I mean, snag off, mom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we got another comment on the blog. Oh, from a guy named uh, Jason S, who said that oh, yeah. the vintage part was only a month old to him, and he didn't know about it, and he loves it even more. So he says it's going to be his go to podcast. So, oh, thank that's you. Great. Thank you, Jason S. Tell all your friends and uh, uh, enjoy listening to the back episodes. Um, you can look forward to 2010 with Market Watches, where we talk about how we can't believe that a proof would sell for $500. <laughs> uh, you get to go through me moving to Rochester and my ensuing divorce. Um, I guess you had already started dating Tessa when we started the podcast, right?
4: no no it wasn't until uh let's see it was a couple of years later it was really? like right before uh celebration six yeah wow
2: so yeah. so you, you yeah know,
4: i was living a different life back then that's that's crazy yeah
2: that man you were living a different life you were like you were like 14 and a half years old <laughs> you were like living at your parents house and in a dorm and in la <laughs> Oh, this is great. we got to have short episodes more because I'm really having fun with this uh, feedback time. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, thank you, Dave Tree, and thank you, Jason S., for commenting yeah. on, on the blog. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, and then oh, no, we, uh, yeah, DJ, we got uh, DJ121 did say oh, yeah. a little bit too much music. That's okay. <laughs> hey, as someone who maybe likes the show to be a little bit straighter, you know, let me know. Was it was it too much poetry? Could you could you handle the slam? That's always a good question. <laughs> and Scott Bradley said, uh, "So Canada's this greatest know-it-all." The... Oh, great! Now I have to give myself a new block, a new uh,
6: drop.
0: This is why I'm proud to be Canadian.
6: This season on Canada's Greatest Know-It-All. Scott Bradley. Bradley. <laughs>
4: Um, alright, so, uh, we brought up the the misspelling on the, the Kenner Canada, uh, Darth Vader TIE fighter last month. And, uh, kind of in relation to that, um, he brings up, uh, something that's pretty crazy that I, of course, we totally overlooked was that on the, uh, the Canadian Revenge or Return of the Jedi Battle Damage TIE fighter for the, uh, the French version of the logo, they mistakenly kept, uh, the French word for revenge in the title, making it, was it the only uh, known like production retail piece with revenge in the title?
2: Yes. (laughs) But, Steve, that is not the most important thing about this. So listen, Scott, you may be Canada's greatest know-it-all, but you are not this collecting hobbies guy with the biggest hard hand for partitive articles. That would be (laughs) me, Steve. You see, this is not just meaningful because it has the French word for revenge. Right. Look at the partitive article, Steve. Okay. In the actual French, it was le retour du Jedi. Right. That can only – that means – that has the ambiguity. Right. That has ambiguity. That means – that could be the return of the singular Jedi. Or all of the Jedi. Or all of the Jedi. Right. Right. La revanche des Jedi means basically it makes Jedi plural. Ah. It couldn't possibly be singular. It has to be return of the Jedi's essentially. Mhm. Interesting. So bam. This is meaningful because it actually presents the revenge of the Jedi definitively as a plural thing and not huh. a singular person. Yeah. Wow. So I just discovered that right now while thinking about looking at it, saying, "Wow, yeah, that's true." And I also noticed Steve, that you just glanced over the part where Canada's greatest know-it-all said that yes, the tie fighter, fighter pilot smell is what struck him when he bought his first figure. Sure. Sorry,
4: so I'm trying to, to snub out any any uh, any cred for that. No, no, I, I obviously you knew what you were talking about.
2: <laughs> yes, it would just have to be everyone else I talked to I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Wow, La Révanche de Jedi. That is awesome. Um Oh and Richard Hutchinson uh commented on trademarking Bestman Security Force that it's used in the ESB transition collectors case. So oh my god, so there's a trend there's a collector's transition collectors case? I don't even Okay, so that was the the action figure case that had the Star Wars art but the Empire Strikes Back logo. This wow. is really Arcane Eye right here. <laughs> and in that one particular collector's case, it uses the term Bespin Security Force instead of Bespin Security Guard, mm. which takes us back to the same question. At what point did they start using the term Bespin Security Guard versus Bespin Security Force? <laughs> and it had to be later in the line.
6: Yeah. My
2: goodness. Wow, Austin, <laughs> well, that was exhausting.
4: Hey, I mean that's, that's a good thing that we sh- that's that's plenty of good feedback. So and I don't know,
2: that didn't even really go into our Facebook thing. Do we have comments on the Facebook thing?
4: Uh, probably. Oh Facebook is, is so ephemeral, man. I've, I've forgotten about it already. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm liking your uh, your uh, hash brown collectible of the weeks by the way
2: (laughs) yeah so that's that's the thing if you're on facebook you may have noticed i started putting pictures of my collection up um but you're making so they can never be found again (laughs) oh what do you mean you got
4: you got at least i i like the the play on on the the hashtag but i think for it to really serve its purpose you got to at least put one real one in there with it right
2: (laughs) i don't know isn't hashtag just something people say is it, does it actually have to do with anything?
4: Somehow it does. It serves a utility. D- it it does? does? Yeah. I didn't think so, but.
2: <laughs> How, oh, so I actually should put the hashtag CWW whatever somewhere. Yeah. Spiel?
4: Yeah, oh. yeah. 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 Okay. I think you do do your, your, your spiel, but then do the, the actual thing because that will help pull it up later.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sure. I'll do that. Good. Yep. Well, that was a lot of great feedback. Thank you to everybody. Um, you know, you can go ahead and, and, uh, you know what you should do? If you want us to be able to reference your comment, do hashtag and then. No, no. What? No? What? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, fine, don't. I don't care. All right. <laughs> um, well, this has been great, Steve. Um, it is actually interesting. It is uh, it is a new year, Steve. Mm-hmm. It's a new year. and What does that mean, Steve? It's a new baseball year. Oh, don't worry, Poetry Slam fans. I haven't forgotten about you. For those of you who are ready to have a little more skyness in this episode, I present to you the Love Slam, the love story between Forlom and Zuckus, and Zuckus and Forlom, who are... One. <laughs> no, Steve. The other poem I was thinking about is in a slightly different form. Hmm. I think you know what kind of form it is, Steve. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no one asked for it, and here it comes. It is my Zuckus poetry slam. <laughs> now, the general Uh-oh. conceit of this poetry slam is not a typical one of someone trying to say that he exists. It's actually a love slam. It's a love uh-huh. letter between Forlom and Zuckus. Because all right. All right. I, I like I In like my perspective, that. they are deeply in love with each other. And for them, it doesn't matter whose name is what. They exchange mm-hmm. it. They're like Simone de Beauvoir and Jean-Paul Sartre. They are complete equals, just Interchangeable, <laughs> and and a love between equals means you don't have possessions like names. So this is a poem about Zuckis and Forlom because they are one. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to mute you so I don't mess up my yeah I'm gonna say I so I don't need mess to just up. Just go quiet here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There is no 4 L O M, no Zuck me, there is no Zuck you, there is only Zuck us, Zuck we, Zuck united, not for the love of money, but for the love, for the love, for the love of mine. For L-O-V, a love of my own you are Oh my sweet walking bed bug My sweet killing flea For the love of you Zuck love, zuck us Let us zuck each other As robot and alien merge together into one Ammonia and the lubricant oil you offered yourself first on my front and i find you on my back yellow red portrait of the one i adore let us zuck let them look for han solo let them go let the bounty hunters hunt for we have found what we are looking for i am zuck us and we are not alone we are not solo but I will send the proof of purchase, the purchases of proof, proof of my love, waiting by my mailbox with two gigantic eyes. Please, Mr. Postman, wait, wait, Mr. Postman, wait, do you have 4LOM for me? We are one idea split into two. Let us be one till our me's and you's disappear, till we are both forlorn, until there is no Zuck you or Zuck me. Just zuck us.
4: Oh,
0: <clears throat> should I good, should I edit that out, Steve? Good, good you go lord!
4: Um, oh no, I think uh, I think you have to let that one out to the masses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a
2: good thing you muted me. I'll say that. <laughs> my my happy my my favorite thing was describing um, uh, four llamas as my sweet killing flea. <laughs> so as always i am secretly actually really proud of the quality of that poem (laughs)
4: uh that's all right that's something to be proud of i mean i i think the 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 one just really caught me off guard so this I, I, i was even even when you said it was you know I was surprised but I was prepared if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, I mean, last month we we had a lot of music and, and I put in the show notes, you know, maybe there's too much music and someone said, you know, there was a little too much music. That's cool, you know? Every once in a while there's just a, there's just a little 5% too much me. But you know, this episode is going to be great for those of you who don't like me because there's just tons of other people. <laughs> Ah, uh, sweet. Yeah. Um the funny thing was I actually wrote that and then I'm like, nah, it's no good and I left it and I came back and I was like, Oh my god, it's beautiful. That's <laughs> what happens sometimes. You gotta get what step back. Yeah. Oh. Star Wars, I can do yeah. So let's check the scores on the old baseball. Let's see how we're doing, Steve. I think it's gonna be pretty nice if I click on this. Just uh pulling up the stat tracker. Uh, Once again, you're keeping the same name, which is cool. And standings, I am in sixth place, and Steve is in second.
8: Oh, really? Yep. Wow.
2: (laughs) You earned first, but you are now in second. Oh, that's not so bad. So there you go. So it'll be fun catching up to you, and then eventually surpassing you this year, Steve. I uh, I wouldn't say eventual. I'd say it's pretty soon. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, hey, what's the figure? What's the next figure? Oh, uh, is it Forlom? Forlom. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, boy, are there any like Forlom dudes or ladies? Ah, uh, that's
4: a good question. We should uh we should do some some hey, research here.
2: Hey, this is the other thing I want to say, Steve. Um. The reason that we don't have more varied voices on the show is not because we don't want to hear from you. It's just because we don't feel like figuring out who you are. So it's it's a purely laziness, it's not a lack of desire. So if you actually are listening to the show and you've never been on and you want to be on, just come on. You know? You know, maybe not for the whole show, but if you want to come on and have an interview? We we don't care, right Steve? No, I mean just. Uh, yeah, but I like, guess they
4: gotta reach out to
2: us in some way. Yeah, you just, just gotta just try all all
4: channels. <laughs> yeah,
2: the best idea is like contacting Steve. <laughs> but like, you know, just because you know we we want to have everybody on here, it's just you know it's not that we're lazy. It's just that this takes too much work and our lives are too busy. So, um, but we're we're totally open to it. Like, so yeah, just wanted to say that. Yeah. So if if
4: you uh if you like Four and you and you're listening to this, uh, send me a. Email or Facebook message or whatever.
2: Yes. Alright, yeah. good. Steve, we are officially coasting to a stop, which is yes. the way that we like to do it. So, um, uh, did you know actually Wars, that, uh, that Forlom does, I mean, Azakis does have
3: one line in the movie? You can only guess. Wampa Wampa! Adios.